Podcast. I'm Austin Zwiebelman. I'm Jackson Morrill. Hi, Montague Pays a Cat. No, I'm terrified. <laughs> and this is the Cure for the Pandemic edition. Yes, we actually have the cure. It's called uh, Guzzling Obscene Amounts of Cum. <laughs> cum. We know that you guys are all isolated in your houses, so we've all banded together in spite of the pandemic, and we're going to be bringing you infotainment. And by that, it means we don't actually have a movie this time. Yeah, we, we didn't watch anything. We're going to be doing this idea that we pitched a while ago. It's sort of a mixed bag of just shit that we want to talk about. Yeah, like, mostly for me, it's going to be video games. For me, it's depression. <laughs> I've got a list of uh, shit that I made right here. I'm going to be asking you guys some questions. They're all movie-related because what the fuck?! <laughs> Movies are canceled. It's a general concept. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> so, in a tra- in tragic news that uh, threatened to tear the country in half, New Mutants has been delayed. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's never gonna come out. It's never gonna come out. It's a. It finally has a stable release date. Disney's committed to marketing it. They released a new trailer. And then a fucking global pandemic happened that forces it to get delayed once again! Oh my god. This movie just should not have been made. It shouldn't have done reshoots. Disney took black... They didn't do reshoots. What? Yeah, the re- remember how it got delayed because they wanted to do reshoots? They never actually did the reshoots. Oh, wow. You interview the cast members at, like, at other film events, and they're like, yep, we're still waiting to do them. Oh. And it's never been done. They never actually did the reshoots. So they're just fine with the movie, and they've been sitting on it with it, like, firmly wedged into their anus cavity for, like, three fucking years now. For the big movie delay. It's starting to grow, like, mold and fungus, <laughs> and there's, like, tendrils of it that have spread into the Disney butt cheeks. So Disney announced today they're taking Black Widow off the release schedule for 2020. Right. And they will finally place it in uh, uh, July of 2015, where it should have came out in the first place. <laughs> I... <laughs> Holy shit, that took me a second. <laughs> I mean, that's literally what I said about the movie. I said, if, I feel like the only okay time to release something that looks like Black Widow does in its current state was b- instead of Ant-Man. <laughs> Family. Back together again. You got fat. I, I think that if we scrub the IMDb page for people who worked on New Mutants, we'd eventually find someone who worked on Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> and you know that that the person, man. that person, he, he just was like, all right, I'm out of video games forever. That experience ruined it for me. They worked their way up as a PA onto a bunch of projects that got nowhere and didn't get funding. And he finally thought he'd be safe with an X-Men property. <laughs> The guy, the guy, like, spat on some kind of Roma person back in the day and got a curse. <laughs> what are we talking about? I mean, AMC is just closed as AMC, it is. AMC uh, recently announced they have been tested positive uh, for hepatitis B. Did I, I have to tell you guys about this. So, last you night... You hepatitis B? Uh, I have hepatitis of the liver. That's not a joke. Oh. Oh, now I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's hepatitis L, dumbass. Oh. B is hepatitis of the butt. <laughs> hepatitis A is hepatitis of the ass. <laughs> 
So, last night, I had a sort of Peter Bogdanovich moment. I don't expect anyone listening or either of you two to know who the fuck that is. Peter. Old friend of Orson Welles, right? You know, yeah. guy who made Paper Moon. Yeah. So, um, me and Sid went to see The Hunt. Uh, we were originally supposed to see Onward because t it was Tuesday night, and Tuesday nights are always half-off movie nights. So, we walk into the theater, there's fucking nobody there, and the two people, uh, we, we switched our tickets to, uh, Marcus Theaters. Yeah. Known for being greedy bastards, we were happy they were still open, and we got tickets to see The Hunt. So, uh, we go, and we get our free popcorns, because you're given a free small popcorn every Tuesday, and the employees just kind of, like, didn't have a normal way of speaking to you. They, well, they didn't talk like they normally do. They weren't just like, here's your popcorn, have a nice show or anything. They just kind of were like, okay, have it. And we were like, what's going on? So we go and we see our movie. Eventually, uh, this morning, I'm looking at articles. It's like 2 in the morning, I got done working out. And I see that Marcus Theatres closed an hour after the last showing. You know, like, like uh, we were there- Oh, Marcus is closed now too? Marcus finally closed. They announced it yesterday. I missed it. So we had a real-life last picture show moment. That was the last theater chain holding out in Missouri. Left the picture show to old Miss Mosey. Hell, she's too far gone to even run a popcorn machine. So I got to 1971 the fuck out of this and had my own little, like, ending of the last picture show moment with That's my husband. Ass. And so, I had no idea, so I, I, like, didn't even cry watching The Hunt. So impromptu review, how was The Cunt? The Cunt was, um... <laughs> The cunt was not. Uh, I think. I think it's not. I know an open secret right now that it wasn't the movie that um, they did the whole marketing thing around. Everyone thought that it was just a movie where like maga chuds get eviscerated and like you know uh, the, the glorifying killing Trump supporters. It was sort of a a centrist take where it was just like people in the right of center and the left of center being very annoying. So it's bombshell too. So, sort of. I, yeah, I liked bombshell. Bombshell is a really bad idea for a movie because it's supposed to be like a Me Too movie, but all of the women doing the Me Tooing are like Fox News pundits. Yeah, it's like, it's like the weird thing about watching Bombshell is you're like, yeah, that's a great movie, and you walk out of the theater and it's like, wait a minute, that, that shit tried to glorify Megyn Kelly. Wait a minute, that's not okay. And, and then you, you just realize that it, it was actually just the fourth Austin Powers movie. You know what? It deserved that makeup award, though. Yes, it did. It was It's just Jay Roach making Austin Powers movies, but every time he changes the script minorly and it becomes a totally different movie, like Trumbo with uh, Walter White, that guy, Brian Cranston. Yeah, that movie Trumbo originally was Austin Powers for Shagadelic. <laughs> and they made minor changes to the script. Over and over again. So as of as of right now, all the movie theaters in Missouri are fucking closed. Landmark's closed, AMC's closed, Marcus is closed, and Regal is closed. You know what's still open? My ass! Come over to my house, I'll show you what fucking movie you want, Johnny! Alright, Ace Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you whatever you fucking want! As long as what you want is uncut jams 24-7! This is me. Alright, I'm not a fucking athlete. This is my fucking way. This is how I win. Seven. Speaking of ass. Do not let him in. <laughs> Don't let that man in. Me coming to McDonald's for my fifth McFlurry of the day. <laughs> Do not let him in! Understand me? Just ignore him! Ignore him! Oh no, we're uncut gems posting on the podcast. We've really gone off the rails. One I disagree! I disagree, Gary. One of the oh, positive yeah. things about all the 2020 movies getting cut is that we can continue on Cut Gems posting. Yeah, that's <laughs> new year. Like, what? The closest thing we have is the brief period of Bad Boys for Life posting, which was, man, they should have saved that name for the next movie. Well, I still think it would have been. Uh, it, well, I mean, obviously, this is a victory because this is how I win. 
This is how Birds of Prey wins Best Picture <laughs> at the 2020 Academy Awards. No other movies came out. Ben Affleck is about to win Best Actor by default. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ben Affleck, can you play an alcoholic in charge of a basketball team? He's like, <gasps> what? what? I helped write Goodwill Hunting, you know. I yeah, but you were Batman. I feel bad making fun of Ben Affleck. <laughs> I feel bad. So I saw the trailer for The Way Back, like, the day it came out, because I'm kind of, like, awake at the time of day that most movie studios release their trailers. It's like, yeah. 9 in the morning, I'm checking YouTube. Yeah, no, and, he caught underwater two weeks early. <laughs> and I, I saw the trailer for The Way Back, and I was like, this guy just got out of rehab. Did you have to cast him in a movie where he plays an alcoholic? The movie looks good. I wanted to see it. Yeah. Hopefully it comes to digital soon. I, I don't know if I want to see Coach Charter. Like, it's, it's basketball movies never did it for me. Ah, uh, see, they do it for me, so. Well, uh. You guys have weird fetishes, that's all I'm hearing right now. Speaking of weird fetishes, oh. sounding! Yeah, we, weird Twitter did a thing last night. So I've noticed since the pandemic, people have been kind of like reaching for levity in sort of insane places. Like and how this... Oprah being arrested for a, a supposed child sex trafficking ring? What? They did Pizzagate with Oprah? Yeah. Oprahgate? Oh, no. They, they also put Tom Hanks in it, which is where they cross the fucking line. Do not disparage the good name of Tom Hanks. There's, there's a, there'll always be that Onion article where it's like three women come out and accuse Tom Tom Hanks of being a really good person. <laughs> there, there, this is like the weirdest place people have looked for levity so far during coronavirus is Butthole Gate. So there was this guy, um, his name was Jack Waz. And, uh, That's actually what they called me in juvie. I just used it to kind of steal money from the government. Wait, Steve Wozniak of Apple? <laughs> I, I wish he was related to my favorite programmer of all time, but no. It's uh, Jack Woz. He's, he's a TV writer, right? And he, he did this tweet that just lit the film world on fucking fire. Ryan Johnson was tweeting about this. When I saw Ryan Johnson retweet this, I was like, oh my god. This is, shit's officially hitting the fan. Like, Lindsay Ellis is getting in on the game. So everyone from, like, YouTubers who talk about film to directors who make the films YouTubers talk about want to see this. Lindsay is Kat's biggest fan, though. I think she saw it eight times in theaters. That's because Lindsay sees farther than any other, any other person <laughs> she's alive. A, she's like elf eyes. She can just see beyond the curvature of the earth by default. Man. Fuck the nostalgia critic. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Do you guys want to want to <laughs> fill? What do you want to want to fill in? What happened with this whole butthole gate thing? Basically, some VFX <sighs> artist in VFX world said that anywhere between one and four months before Cat's release, they had to hire effects artists to go through approximately 480 shots that contained cat buttholes and edit them out entirely to be perfect. Because I had a, I had a, I have a, I have a trusted source in the <laughs> film industry, who a few a month before Cats came out told me there will be Idris Elba cat in the hole in this movie, and I said good, that's what's gonna break the bank. Yeah, because you broke this. I broke this story. Broke I this broke story. this story in December. That was the same jump cuts where we all just started screaming Lincoln Park's "What I've Done" about forty minutes. It's a shame <laughs> that the, it's a shame that the archive of that thing I think is gone. Damn. Because that would be proof that I broke this story before anyone else did. They What's deleted fun? it because you broke the story. Oh my god! You can now say, and you're, you know how you have kind of like a long list compared to the rest of us of your efforts to be a public persona? <laughs> you can now add to that that you have a journalism career because you, <laughs> I broke that news first. You broke Butthole Gate. I broke Butthole Gate four months before it became a story. You should add that to your Tinder bio if, you, if everything doesn't work out. Just, I broke Butthole Gate and don't <laughs> add context. <laughs> that. Right, my big Tinder bio line right now is asking about my cult. 
<laughs> I, I still think, Tanner, that you should just reenact the famous Kardashian picture, Break the Internet. Break the butthole gate? No, just we put Tanner in a, in like a fucking rubber suit and have him pop a bottle of champagne and land it in the glass. You know, there was this uh, shock image that existed on the internet when I was younger called Tub Girl. Oh. And, oh, no. and, and it's this woman with, like, orange juice shooting out of her ass in a similar way to that paper magazine cover with Kim Kardashian. So every time I see that, I'm reminded of Tub Girl. And uh, it's, it's pretty fucking bad. <laughs> it's not orange juice. It's yeah. just not orange juice. This is how I'll be elected to Kirkwood City Council. I will proudly campaign on the fact that I broke butthole gate. <laughs> you, if, 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 you know, this is, like, bigger than the Snyder Cut. This is this is bigger than, like, an uncut version of Event Horizon. This is bigger than Greed. Like, the five-and-a-half-hour version of Greed is cats with the buttholes restored. Because it will finally, like, satiate furries seeing Taylor Swift's butthole. Release the Snyder Cut. No. I'm pretty sure that the butthole cut is to furries what the fucking Fifty Shades of Grey was to really lonely housewives. The difference between the butthole cut and the Snyder cut is that the butthole cut exists. Yeah. There was, uh, there was this movie that I'm writing and have been writing for about like two to three years now. And it's about the sort of secret society of film preservationists who have all of the famous like lost footages. You know, they've got a full, uh, like an uncut version of Greed. Uh, they've got the Steve Irwin death tape and all of this like shit, you know, and they just kind of hoard it. Did and they have the Grizzly Man tape? Yeah, they, they have the Grizzly Man death tape. And now I have to add into the screenplay, they're just like, do you have the copy of Cats where they got bungholes in it? <laughs> yes. So I'm just going to go I still think they have the footage for Mr. Hands. That's a badass idea, by the way. Monuments I... Men. But... <laughs> <laughs> Lost footage. Austin just burns the script after I compared it to Monuments Men. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a, a movie that George Clooney directed? He directed many movies. I think his penis directed it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've got I've got sort of a list of film topics here, um, but uh, Butthole Gate's the only one worth discussing. Yeah, yeah, we've already talked about a film topic. So uh, if you want to switch over to video games for a second, I've just been playing Wolfenstein, man. I've been in a in a mode where I'm just like fuck everything in particular Nazis. So being able to just eviscerate Nazis is very cathartic. And I showed you guys like the cutscene. There's a point where just the main character goes into a fucking, like, vegetative coma for 14 years, and what breaks him out is the Nazi committing atrocities in front of him. So he grabs a steak knife and jams it in the fucker's throat, and is just back up to complete fighting prowess. There's no limits on the gameplay from that point. When did <laughs> fuck Nazis become a controversial statement? I don't know. I just always think of fucking... Someone point uh, to the year it happened. I just think of Dan Harmon go, going on stage and just screaming about not being a Nazi for five minutes. <laughs> I'm not a fucking Nazi! I'm not a Nazi! I don't have... I usually don't have to preference these because nobody likes being a Nazi! <laughs> Louis C.K.'s like, I'm not a Nazi, I just like masturbating. <laughs> what, what? It basically was around, like, like slightly before... What, was it Charlottesville? No, no. I think that this this goes back to, like, before Godwin's Law, because uh, that the writer had to invent that for a reason. I think it's just been a thing for a long time that, you know, the, 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 the slope fallacy applied to right-wingers eventually leads somebody to getting called a Nazi. So this may be existed longer than current, like, right-wing politics as they've mutated. Mm -hmm. 
It's, 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 been a, it's been a thing for a while. I mean, you see somebody who's just like, all right, well, I, I think that we should means test people. And you're like, yeah, but some people are born lazy. You're gonna, you're gonna discriminate against people because they're born black next to you, Nazi? And it's just, it's just somebody applying the slope fallacy to you saying anything that's not like full-bred, like luxury space communism. Yeah. Yeah, it could be like means testing, which I disagree with. But if you start calling that Nazism, all of a sudden the right people are like, oh, they're gonna call us Nazis anyway. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of the feel for the fire, is uh, people just abandoning it because, you know, I see people getting called Nazis for reasons that don't really have anything resembling National Socialism, and a lot of that is just fodder for the right wing, unfortunately. But, you know, we're, we're, on, we're on sort of a fuck Nazis vibe, right? Yeah. Because yeah, it's Nazis. an election year. I fucking loved it because when uh, Wolfenstein II, The New Colossus, came out in 2017, that was when, like, a lot of MAGA chud was, like, at its height because Trump had just been elected, so everyone's dick was huge. I fucking so remember this! They were fucking advertising with the phrase, make America Nazi-free again. Yeah. And it was, like, pissing people off because it's, like, it's grouping them in with Nazis and it's just, like, well, maybe you guys shouldn't be Nazis because Charlottesville and all that shit went down. And that it was clearly, like, Trump was, like, supporting them and all this shit. That was such a hilarious fucking thing, was watching people on Twitter getting mad at the Wolfenstein devs for saying Nazis were bad? Yeah. Oh, so that, when that happened, I was like, what the fuck happened? There's a Facebook group called Imagine Telling on Yourself Like This. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm in it. That, that's very much Imagine Telling on Yourself Like This. Oh, man. I, just, I, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's one of those things where I never played a lot of the classic shooters of the day, Doom, Wolfenstein 3D, all of that stuff. I came in around Halo and I really only stuck to Halo and then a bit of Call of Duty, some other shooters here and there, Titanfall in particular. But I've never really branched out and something about like Doom Eternal getting close to coming out was one of those things where it's like, I won't, I'm interested. And then I got onto a fuck Nazis binge and I found a copy of The New Order for 15 bucks and I'm having the time of my life just slaughtering them left and right. It actually has this really fun mechanic and I'm gonna reference it on controller because I don't play on PC like a chud. Uh, if you hold down one of the bumpers, it activates cover slash lean mode, and then your movement stick is just tied to which way you lean. So you can, like, go up on your tippy toes to shoot over cover, or just lean all the way down on the ground, and it's just really fluid and fun to just hold that and s spin it in circles. <laughs> it, it's, is it one of those where if you play with the joystick, it's 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 entertaining how it how it contorts the fucking character? Yeah. I mean, can you, you dance? You don't see the character model because it's first person, but you get the sense that he's just, like, contorting in all these really fucking weird ways, and it's really fun. It, it's like that photo of the guy that's, like, about to make a putt in golf, and it's, like, doing the weirdest contortion of shit with his body. <laughs> <laughs> like, somehow his left leg is over his right arm. It's, like, really fucking weird. I'm excited about this. I, I thought that we, that was just a man playing Gary's mod. Hold on, I need to find this. I need to find this photo now. <clears throat> Absolutely. That's kind of been where I'm at. I want to go through. Oh, what the hell? I want to go through all the classic id shooters. Breaking news. The walk home was selected. Let's What the fuck? So is that the two that got selected? No, because Viking Funeral and Diagnosis were two. Wow. So they lied to you. Three of them were selected. Get fucked, cunts. We have news that we learned right before we sat down to record for this. Uh, one of those goofy fucking movies on our Facebook channel, this one right here you're listening to, Three and a Half Walls, got selected for a film festival. The, the Tanner Richard Crafts Viking Funeral, a.k.a. Tanner wasn't ready for this, but we sure made an interesting movie out of it. <laughs> so that's... He was, he was on board with it at the time, whether or not he knew it was a mistake. I guess we can alter thumbnails, can't we? So we can just, like, put a, put a little... Well, I can put a little laurel on it. Yeah, yeah. don't we have the laurel for, uh, The Last Supper on there? 
I think so, yes. Yes, we do. There's nothing saying you can't change a thumbnail. Yeah. Yeah. So. And there's nothing saying you can't kill a Nazi. Granted, mm. I, I mean, yes, that's absolutely it. I've kind of brought that energy into real life, and it's like, it's on, it's hands on sight if I ever see a Nazi in real life. So this is, uh, this is sort of my next thing on my paper. Oh boy. So there was this article that was written in the Village Voice about how the great space movie, right, uh, the great auteur-driven space movie is how directors get out their sort of, like, poetic side these days. Mm -hmm. We can think of a few of them, like Ad Astra, Interstellar, uh, First Man. You know, if you want to make, like, a pensive, poetic movie, back in the day, the way you had to do it was make a war movie. You know, you can make Apocalypse Now or that Terrence Malick one. Nobody the cares. Thin Red Line. The Thin Red Line. So I want to ask you guys, if you were to make an Interstellar or an Ad Astra, oh. but the, the prerequisite is, it doesn't have to be about anything serious or cool. <laughs> I'm actually writing this right now, and uh, this is one of those things where this is heavy spoilers, but I'm not going to spoil everything about it, but I just wanted to make a monster movie that's basically a, a spiritual redo of Event Horizon. But essentially, the villain was going to just be a conglomerate of, like, 40 memes at once. So if I got just an unlimited budget, I would make that. And I wouldn't make it the way that I've shifted it now. <laughs> I would just actually just have fucking Cheem's dog be the overall villain. And, like, the last person alive missing a fucking arm had to cauterize their own wound and everything. Just, like, goes up and hugs Cheem's dog and gets absorbed into the light. <laughs> Auteur space movie. Mmm, that's a good question. I feel like I'm making an autism metaphor, because that seems to be the thing I succeed the best at. It's just a man entering Jupiter's atmosphere. <laughs> and, and, like, Jupiter is just, like, there's torrential storms all over the place, I'm and he has to learn to live in it. No, yes, no, no, it no, is no. Jupiter. I got it. My auteur-driven space movie will be called Drops of Jupiter. It's going <laughs> to be a literal interpretation of the train song. I really thought for a second you were just going to say, no, it's not Jupiter, and he's going into Uranus. There's there's just a scene in there where he just is, is sitting in a cafe, and he looks down at his plate, and he's like, the best soy latte that you ever had. <laughs> and me. <laughs> Listen, I really like Train, and I really love that song. I don't know. Drops of Jupiter sounds like a cool title for a movie. Yes. There like, could be a thing there of like, an autistic man and... One of Jupiter's moons and, like, some I sort would, of thing there. I would say it's a direct sequel to Jupiter Ascending, whether you like it or not. That's uh, fine. I can deal with that. There's a lot of things to explore there. I think a lot of, um, an autistic man living in a society that's not designed for him. Like, autistic people. What do you get when you put a mentally handicapped person in a society that treats him like trash and throws him out? You're laughing. I'm here, I'm here pitching my serious auteur-driven autism space movie, and you're laughing. You want to hear another joke, <laughs> I don't want to hear no more jokes from you. Buddy! <laughs> Davey! Davey, call the police! <laughs> I don't have a gun. I'm fucking loving this. <laughs> the first podcast back, we've literally not seen each other for almost a month now. <laughs> I missed you guys so fucking much. I've just well, been like... was it like a nom? I've just been working out with my in-laws every night, trying to make it so the mirror can't call me fat anymore. The closest we got to seeing each other was me calling you in a panic, like, Austin, Austin, are you a fucking actor? Yeah. And you were just like, uh... 
another reason why shit just went down is because everything hit the fan at once. Oh yeah, a pro gamer cucked my movie. Yeah, we Should were, we talk about that? We might as well. Starch is a ways off. We basically wrote a film called Starch Contrast, and it's just it's just kind of an absurdist. It was gonna be my senior overview. It's an absurdist movie that dives that like descends into hell in its own way. We'll not go any further than that, but we got this location. And the first night was going kind of swimmingly, but this guy got home who lives there and immediately was, like, going out of his way to fuck up our audio by, like, screaming in his room over Discord and shit. I mean, shit. I didn't think he was doing it to fuck us up. I just think he was living and he wasn't caring. Yeah, but apparently we learned later that he did some shit like this on another shoot that was shooting there. And, uh, the second day, we show up. After we, like, we fight our way through the first day, finish slightly ahead of schedule... And then we show up there, the entire fucking table is gone. This guy- And the chairs! I don't This guy actually took the entire table out of his living space and hit it to sabotage our film shoot. Who is this guy and can I fight him? He's yes. a pro gamer. He's just a pro gamer. He he, he broke an entire film set. And technically three, because we were on track to do our like do picture show. our triple feature, basically. Alright, guys. I don't know if you know this by looking at me. I am 250 solid pounds of half Jew. And I will <laughs> fucking eat this guy alive. <laughs> the dude was the ultimate pro gamer. He and literally cut because we found some of the chairs in his truck. And he like just said, Don't touch my stuff! And then got in the truck and drove it away. And hit and then walked else. back and got in his other car, which was a Corvette, and like fucking drifted out of there. And we couldn't shoot any more of the film, so we just, just decided to. Well, yeah, at that point I realized because we could have hypothetically shot the basement stuff still. We just, we just. But it, at that point I made the call. It's not safe to be here. Yeah, and it wasn't. This guy had this severe energy of like he will shoot somebody if and, they come uh, with him anymore. He did own guns. The shoe was dead. We couldn't use any of the footage. And I mean, it didn't stop me from repurposing it. You repurposed it, but that's different than using the footage for the project. That's fair. So we we just are kind of like, well, we'll make it when we make it because it's very clear that the school probably will not keep the semester running. Well, eventually we had dates settled, and then global pandemic hit the fucking fan. Yeah. And I'm starting to realize that I'm probably going to have to come back to Webster for another semester unless they, like, give me a waiver and say... We know you weren't able to finish a film, but it's not your fault. You're going to graduate anyway. They, they won't. They want to get that tuition. So basically all they'll do is they'll either say, you don't have to pay tuition for next semester, or they'll refund your tuition and then hold you until you go back and retake all those courses. That's bullshit. It's the ways colleges work, especially private colleges that I don't know. have federal oversight. I know, but it's still bullshit. My great existential space movie would just be a bunch of people going to a uh, an asteroid that's rumored to be made entirely out of toilet paper. <laughs> Relevant. I thought you were going to say an asteroid. Asteroid! <laughs> so they're going to the asteroid, and they find out along the way that the, the disease actually, you know, and they only hear this after they've gone up in the ship, so it's kind of one of those monkey paws, be careful of what you wish for movie. They're, they boldly go to find, get toilet paper because the hoarders have taken all of it. So they're going to mine toilet paper directly from the source, from the asteroid, and then they find out that the disease that everybody's hoarding toilet paper for makes you constipated forever. But they're already in space on the death mission. <laughs> so the guy's communicating with his daughter on the ground, and she's like, am I going to die for nothing, Murph? And he's, she's just like, Daddy, you ain't going to die for shit. And it's like a weird double meaning because he's literally... <laughs> ass-eating scene, and then the moral of the story is the real friends was the ass we ate along the way. 
<laughs> that would be my great my great space on tour. I like how I'm the only one who took it seriously. I have no idea how to handle you right now. If, if, if I was gonna make a serious one, it would probably be, uh... Because it's really hard to beat Ad Astra. That entire director's over is kind of just like, everywhere we go in the universe, and no matter how much we expand, the crippling fact is we're alone here. Like, within anything within our reach, even intersolar system traveling, every sign of life that we get ultimately is just going to be like, us accidentally and that's a really good message like for hard sci-fi that's fucking people awesome fucking hated that astra well it has like a 65 percent of rotten tomatoes people don't hate it i i really didn't like ad astra because of personal reasons um I, I i thought i thought the way it was structured was highly annoying and that the ending the the, the last act with tommy lee jones was very frustrating but it's, and uh, also brad pick brad pitt fucked hostels with an ex-wife so yeah yeah my my my, my ex-wife Karen. Angelina Karen. Jolie. You bitch. <laughs> uh, you piece of motherfucking it. bitch! Let me see my fucking kids! This is this is a bit of insider knowledge. So there's this inside baseball. There was this movie. I was actually working on a great existential space movie at one time, so I do have a serious one, but it is mildly a shitpost. Uh, it's a movie that I'm making with Jake Zavertnik over the course of years because he moved to California and got a job at Discovery Channel, so like the times man. we get to work on this movie are few and far between, but it's called One Trillion Years. Oh, I keep referencing this, and everybody like, doesn't get it except for you. So this is the plot of A Trillion Years. There, it starts off, and it's just ten minutes of, like, a pizza store kind of, like, comic dramedy, you know? It's just, like, you think it's a movie about a guy and a, a group of people in a pizza store. And then one guy goes out to make a delivery, and these two people behind the thing are just, like, they make the joke. They're like, oh, yeah, that guy sucks at delivery. It takes, like, a trillion years to get the pizza to the guy. So the guy's driving on the, driving along, and then his car lifts off the ground, startling the shit out of him, and he starts shooting towards the fucking stratosphere and into space, ultimately drifting out of orbit. And uh, the the whole like meat of the movie is his car journeying through space for a trillion years. He lives. He lives inexplicably for no good reason. He lives through the whole thing, and he sort of as as achieves ascends to godhood, watches the universe stop and restart from heat death, and uh, he comes back down completely traumatized and ends the movie by delivering the pizza <laughs> like somehow the reboot he comes back at the exact moment that he would have left in the reboot yeah, yeah it's his, the futurama episode <laughs> yeah his car just comes like sort of like gently coasting down onto like the suburban street where the guy lives and the guy's just like wow this took you a long time and he's just like staring there and his eyes have the 2001 a space odyssey ending <laughs> in them. and the guy like opens the pizza and like why is it cold <laughs> no, the pizza remained warm the whole time. Nobody can explain it. It's warm but stale. We would probably no. do something a little more like Sundancey, where he like dust dust some shit off and it's like stardust. Like this, the pizza actually has like dust from a dead star on it. But uh, yeah, that's that's our serious space movie. We wanted to because we wanted it to be like the framing device is the most stupid bullshit you could think of. It's a pizza delivery, but in like the big ass like hour long runtime where he's just coasting through space deal with just the heaviest concepts ever. Like, he has to deal with his parents, like, fading away from existence. He's watching, like, gala- like, we, we, uh, this was taken from a nightmare that Jake had, but there's, like, sort of this galaxy of dominoes, like, gaseous clusters that actually are having sort of a domino effect, and it's leading to sort of, like, this really big supernova at the end, and he's watching this happen over the course of tens of billions of years, and he just gets very sad watching it happen, like, occasionally checking in on it. And, uh, so so yeah, like very serious space drama wrapped in a pizza narrative, which is like 
millennial filmmaking in a nutshell. It's an interesting thing you could explore it's, there with the theory that, um... It's like a circle or a pie. <laughs> there's a theory that, um... You and I, just, all three of us started to exist just now. Like a bunch of uh, atoms and cells just all clumped together and made like this little brief moment in time. And we're gonna stop existing in ten seconds. Yeah, well whoever those chuds are, they're fucking idiots. I've, I've got the illusion of linear time going real well in my brain. <laughs> Life.exe is running without any errors. Did I just try to break it for you? You tried really hard. The one that I did that actually freaked somebody out in high school was, uh, they say when you, and this is bullshit by the way, as far as like some of the science facts of it, they say when you die that your life flashes before your eyes, and when you actually are like in the act of passing away, your brain activity spikes for a moment. What if in that time you recall everything that's happened in your life at real speed and you live your life in a cycle again and again and again? So Tanner, how many layers down do you think you are? Don't you think after at some point I'd stop fucking up? No. Because you're just You'd find a way to not die. <laughs> somehow I... Somehow... Somehow I, 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 I get... The, I get the, no, because you're reliving memories. This, it's exactly how it happened. You don't get any control. It is, it is a loop. So, so, so in your mind, you relive all the, all the moments, and then in that in that instance, that person's mind relives all the moments. What, you, what? Get a, you get a you get a fucking watch as you emerge from the fucking flesh tunnel. Hypothetical scenario: you guys are given the opportunity to go back in time to the beginning of 2016. I'd still have met everybody here, so yeah. Yeah, I um, I can't imagine what else I would do other than like work on movies. Would you guys like try to like act? more active in stopping Trump. Well, no, no. <laughs> Hillary Clinton fucking sucks. There's really no way at the level that we're at to do that, so well, like, I would vote. What am I going to do? Contact the Clinton campaign and be like, go do ground things in all the swing states. They would just laugh and be like, the poors? We don't need to talk to the poors! And then hang up. <laughs> we'll talk to Bill Clinton because Bill Clinton did that when he campaigned. Oh, I know what I do. I'd go, I'd go to Little... You'd suck Bill's dick! No, I'd go to Little St. James with a machine gun. I, I, I would fly, I would fly, like, I would get a boat. I, I'd fucking find the pedo plane over the sea. Famous album by Neutral Cum Hotel. And I, I'd go to where Jeffrey Epstein is, and I'd be like, I know everything! And I, would, I know about your black book! I would just, I would just fucking, I would get in there before any of the fucking people who did. I would upload everything. Donald Trump would be in jail right now. Everything would be great. That's actually pretty fair. You, all you'd have to do is target Jeffrey Epstein. Me starting back at 20, the beginning of 2016 would be very interesting because the most important person I've met in my life, I wouldn't meet until a month later. What if? What if everybody went back to 2016? Suddenly Trump's not president. Jeffrey but we all, were, we all have the knowledge of yes, what happened. But Jeffrey Epstein burns all the evidence, so they technically can't prove it. What if we all go back and everybody on Earth goes back in time four years remembering what happened? Let's take it five years just for the even number because everything's yeah. measured in decades. Or what if it's like random people remember what happened? I just don't want to. I just don't want to immediately live through Bionicle getting canceled the second time. I want a little bit of a buffer zone between me going back and that. <laughs> I mean, imagine all those people who like their lives in 2015 were working on Marvel movies. We'd be fucking them over. <laughs> We'd be like, we know what happens when Endgame gets Kevin Feige is like, God damn it! I had the perfect game. I was gonna be the most famous Hollywood person of all fucking time. Disney, in order for Kevin Feige, he's like. Bob Iger, buy DC. He's just like... <laughs> like, he holds a gun to Bob Iger's head, like, buy DC. 
NPC. I will put Eisner's ass back in here. Yeah, trust. Yeah, Renick would have a fucking shit fit. That was like the big accomplishment of the two the twenty first century so far is that we pulled off the Marvel Infinity Saga. Like, that was impressive. Science, I just, culture, I just, everything. I just want the version where they actually do show Thanos' cock because I'm tired of the fact that Marvel shies away from cocks in films. If we're getting exorbitant fucking Natasha cleavage, then I think we deserve Thanos' cock on screen. If I could go back in time, my most singular important goal would be stopping Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late if we go back to 2016. It's but if we go back in 2015, we might have enough time. You just, you just find David Ayer in the eight weeks that he's writing the screenplay high as fuck on Adderall, and you just bust in and you just hand him a script to, to fucking James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. And, you're, and, and I'm just like, make this. Or, and he's just like, okay, <laughs> I need to sleep. I wrote Training Day. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Sit down, Dave. Go to bed, sweet prince. <laughs> David, your work here is done. And then, and then chloroform, fucking David Ayer, and like I assume David Ayer's identity. Just years later, you're at like a dinner party, knowing what you did, and somebody's just like, "Hey, uh, I, I guess we should probably eat this shitty fish, even though it's gonna give all of us the shit." And you're just like, "What are we, some kind of Suicide Squad?" And no one at the table. <laughs> Nobody laughs. understands the joke. And you grin, knowing what you did, knowing you did your part. <laughs> I saved the world. You're at the Renaissance Fair, and there's some fucking dork or like a mall shop, like a sword shop, and somebody holds up a sword, and they're like, "This is katana," and you grin, and you're just. Like, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> the time, like, where's Every just... time I listen to Eminem's uh, Guess Who's Back, I just smile. <laughs> Fucker, do you at least does, do you at least caught Killer Croc? I uh, I go back. I uh, I hit up James Gunn's place, and I'm like, yo, delete those tweets. Fucking Mike Cernovich. You could just... I, I'd actually prefer you just kill Mike Cernovich. I'd rather cock and ball torture him. <laughs> if we could stop James Gunn from having to go through, like, the year of just whatever he did, which I guess is just chilling out and eating toasted raviolis and watching trauma movies. Every, every other studio besides Disney was like, holy shit, James Gunn's available! Right, right. He is, like, the most, the most like, uh pedestal-ass person who ever lost their job tragically. Like, the moment James Gunn lost his jobs, all the other studios were just like, <clears throat> man, that really sucks that the mouse cares what you tweeted a decade ago. You wanna... Uh, have a hundred million dollars? Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, I want everyone in the Suicide Squad. And they're like, yes, sir. Is it a sequel? I feel like it's a sequel. Kind of? Because they're treating it like it's a reboot, but at the same time, most of the cast is returning. Margot, Margot Robbie was asked, how does Birds of Prey tie into the new The Suicide Squad by James Gunn? And her response was basically, it doesn't. Oh, that's interesting, because Birds of Prey is a sequel to The Suicide Squad. It, very distinctly so. Yes. There's a, there's a part where she's running through a grocery store with a little kid and describes the entire plot to Suicide Squad, because there's a... Little Asian girl, pickpocket lady, who is like the, the the thing that kicks off the plot, is the MacGuffin somehow. Yes, and she asks Margot Robbie. She's just like, "How do I be like you?" And she's like, "Well," and then she describes like Harley Quinn's backstory, and then 
all of Suicide Squad. Is so, it through MS Paint fucking slides as it goes through? That's no. the Zweebleman cut. Yeah, yeah. We'll eventually release the Zweebleman cut of Birds of Prey. <laughs> release the Zweebleman cut. It's just Birds of Gay, and it's <laughs> me. I, I, I composite out uh, fucking Ewan McGregor's character and his henchmen, and I just make them like ten pixels closer through the whole movie. I swear to God, there were times when they were inches away from kissing. I needed it to happen. I mean, they're clearly gay, but it's so annoying that they wouldn't just fucking kiss. I have no idea why. That movie went, like, a ton of places that a movie wouldn't conventionally go for, like, a studio. It wasn't even subtle about how gay they were. No. I, I really liked Birds of Prey, by the way. Oh, I also really liked it. Was a, was a fucking Mary Elizabeth Winstead good? Yes. Okay. Oh, I, she was a... My name. My name. Like her talking, hyping herself up in the mirror. There, there's the, uh, there's this really nice... I thought you were fucking losing it for a second, <laughs> trying to quote the movie. <laughs> he was acting out a scene really well. <laughs> Ramona Flowers has this gag throughout the movie that's actually one of the better running gags in the entire movie. It's, uh, I, I won't say it because it's worth watching the movie to see. Okay. Well, if you ever pull a copy, I'll come over and watch it. Well, it's gonna come out on digital on, like, the 20th or 24th, I heard. Yeah, we're all so, gonna watch it. Yeah. Alright, I'm in. <laughs> So, uh, next up on my list, so have you guys heard of, like, Mean Girls, the musical? No. American Psycho, the musical? No. I've heard of these things, yes. Evil Dead, the musical? Yes. Legally Blonde, the musical? Yes. I've seen Legally Blonde, the porn. Legally Blonde, my fucking brother was in it as one of the two gay dudes. Wait, what? Was he gay or was he just European? Wait, 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 your brother was in Legally Blonde? Yeah, it's like, it, when it went on stage like the in my high school. Oh, I thought you meant the movie! Tanner, it's a stage production. <laughs> it's a popular stage show. I'm yeah, sorry, I'm say, kind like, of stupid. I wasn't aware that Legally Blonde was a movie before it was a stage show. I just kind of assumed that they sprung to life at either around the same time or was, or the stage show came first. Yeah, it's uh, not Legal a chicken and egg scenario. There Legally was the movie Blonde, and then the stage show. Legally Blonde actually started as a series of essays by Thomas Paine. <laughs> so, so knowing that all of those things that just don't like, like fucking Heather's is a musical. Elf the musical. Knowing that you can make anything into a musical, if you could pick one movie to be a musical, what fucking movie would you would you introduce? Bionicle Mask of Life the musical. Swiss Army Man. Oh God! <laughs> but it's a good choice. You accused me of shit posting. <laughs> You're shark posting. <laughs> Swiss, or how about the Social Network, the musical? Oh my God! It's just the Letter Kenny episode on stage. There's, they just take that one song where the guy just says he wants to be a billionaire so freaking bad, but it's just Jesse Eisenberg <laughs> singing. No, he's like, no. It listen, listen here. I want to be a billionaire so freaking bad. And then the fucking Bare Naked Lady song starts up. It's been one week since you sued me. <laughs> if I had a billion dollars. If I, I had, had a billion dollars. Oh, wow. You actually went for a... I figured you guys wouldn't know what that song was. Are you fucking high? My parents played fucking Bare Naked Lady CDs when we were out on the boat. People make fun of me for liking them, okay? Yeah, because you're from St. Louis. No one in St. Louis likes the Bare Naked Lady. I do! I've learned this the hard way. What's the what's the, what's the the one thing in the social network that would... <laughs> just imagine the scene where he's like, you have part of my attention. You have the minimum amount. As a musical, it's like a song. Oh yeah, the guy just keeps Let me like describe how much of my attention you have. Or what about the you better lawyer up, asshole? 
Because <laughs> I'm not coming back for 30%. I forgot my fuck you flip-flops at the cleaners. <laughs> they just sing every line. You everyone. pretentious douchebag. to do that. No, but that's exactly why he should. I just don't really like musicals. It's one of those weird things where I watched a bunch of them because my brother acted in them, but I never got any enjoyment out of the format. So. What's that Michael Douglas movie that Aaron Sorkin wrote? Ant-Man. Moneyball. No, he's like, Michael Douglas is the president and he like fucks a bitch. That's The West Wing. It's a TV show. No, 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 no. Michael Douglas is in it. Yeah. Uh, The American President. It's like a rom-com directed by Rob Reiner, written by Aaron Sorkin. This movie doesn't fucking exist. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Because I'm going to look up every other Aaron Sorkin written movie before we get to the American president. (laughs) No, but the thing about the American president is that when um, years, like 2014 in an interview for like no fucking reason, I was like, so what was it like writing the American president? He just responded with, I was high on crack cocaine the entire time while writing that movie. Oh my God. I love it when people are just transparent about that. It's like when Stephen King came out and was like, I don't remember writing Cujo. Or isn't he like, I do not remember writing it. <laughs> he doesn't remember writing a lot of things. It's it, it's it's a pretty good time. Well, yeah, I didn't expect you guys to be the musical theater types because uh, y'all don't even get pussy like me. <laughs> if you really just like want to up your game and get like an unreasonable amount of like real easy dates with people who you're going to eventually break up with, just pretend you like musical theater. It is so much better for that. I actually do like musical theater. I'm gonna be a hunter with you. I have fucking standards, Austin. <laughs> Come on, you wouldn't you wouldn't get with a the, uh, a theater thought? No, because I don't want to hear fucking manic screaming at two a.m. Twelve Years a Slave, the musical. <laughs> <laughs> There's just, you know that scene, that really disturbing scene where he eventually, he's like beating that guy so hard he breaks a board over his back, the main character? Yeah. Uh, you just have that, but it's like Stomp, where it's just- <laughs> Oh my god! I just wanna, I just wanna deliberate like Queen reference where he's just like, I want to break free. She would tell Edgy of Ford needs to fucking- what musical of the past decade would what, what movie of the past decade would make the worst musical? Steve McQueen is gonna kill us, and the answer is Cats. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say The Greatest Showman is a joke, even though I like that movie. Right, we both had the same joke in our mind. We're like something that's already a musical that has just like been worse than Ralph Anal for us. <laughs> yeah, you know, I said Bionicle Mask of Life the musical, and nobody fucking reacted to that. That's, it's been a long time, and I loved that movie as a kid. So my all I have, like joke wise, is just unanimous agreement. Fuck yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah, we'd watch that. No, no, no. This is actually a really perfect choice for a musical. <laughs> the Big Short. And also Vice. Yeah, I, I think Vice less because I have, I don't have fond memories of Vice, whereas The Big Short is like one of my favorite movies about the housing crisis. That would translate so well to a musical, just like totally, you know, it kind of fits in that space. Absolutely. I, I mean, it's got Run the Jewels in there. Hell yeah. <laughs> just Michael... Uh, oh, no, 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 Spotlight. Mark Ruffalo's like, they knew, they knew, they knew. Now you see me in the musical. Oh my god. Only the second one. <laughs> now you call it! Now you don't! 
Who gets really angry about that? Dan Harmon. That's Dan right. Harmon Dan has this 10-minute, uh, it's like a really highly viewed YouTube video, where he's just so pissed that they named the movie Now You See Me Too instead of Now You Don't. <laughs> and well, it's, what would they name the third one? It's one of the funniest things he's ever fucking said. It's like, he does that before he goes on, like, his podcast, right? When they're doing stage versions of them, and they're just like... Because sometimes they'll have live audience for some of their podcasts. But he'll come out, and he'll just vamp on on the front and scream about something for, like, five minutes before they actually start. And it almost always ends up on YouTube somehow, right? Isn't that, like, how the... I'm not a Nazi, and they call it, now you don't? You know, speaking of Dan Harmon, you know, the other day I was watching this episode of uh, Rick and Morty and you know what scientist turns himself into a fucking pickle funniest shit I've ever seen I explored the origins of the uh the meme of um turns himself into a pickle funniest shit I've ever seen I've explored the origins I discovered it's a Jeffrey Epstein meme spinoff what yes because there's a gif of Donald Trump and Jeffrey Epstein where Donald Trump says something like or Epstein says something and Donald Trump like laughs or maybe the other way around and someone put that gif on iFunny with the caption, and then he turns himself into a pickle. Funniest goddamn thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and then, like, that, like, very specific Jeffrey Epstein meme then snowballed into its own meme. That's fucking weird. I love it. I thought we were going to go on to a rant about that idea that I pitched earlier about, uh, it, we remake the theory of everything, but we fucking, uh, AI content motion track killer mic space onto the lead. Of Run the Jewels, and then we have our own rapper in house, Pussy Main, dub over all of the lines. I can't wait to make Pussy Main. <laughs> Pussy Main is going to be such a great way to come out of like this pandemic. We are aware that uh, our podcast has much lower interaction rates than our short films, so we're okay like discussing our our short film ideas on podcasts. Yeah, there are only five people who listen to this. <laughs> I'm one of them. And three of them are us. <laughs> Angelo, I think, is our only fan outside of the channel, and he fucking guest starred on one of the first ten. Yeah, that's that's got to be a consistent thing, is anyone who shows any remote interest in these things, like, has officially become, like, our top-tier Patreon <laughs> subscriber. Like, like Rain, Rain, Rain got to be in one of our films. Joseph Brennick is very close to, like, being on this thing. Uh, I, think, I think it's delayed, but at some point, I told him we would cover Shazam and he would get to hang out with us He's and, like, seen talk it. about it. He's yeah, seen it. I've not seen it before, and I really want to. Shazam so like, is fun. The whole thing. I mean, I love that there's, like, a weird cycle around Shazam and Big, because Big, the film, was inspired by the Shazam comics. Oh my god, I didn't know that! Because it was just kind of like, oh, this is a neat idea they read in the comic, how would it play out more realistically with Tom Hanks, of this kid becoming a superhero? And then the Shazam film takes a lot of inspiration from Big. So, Big I, Cock. I've got, I, I've got this... Fucker. <laughs> If I am, if I was a little boy and I turned into a man, the first thing I would do is admire the size of my own penis. So, I, I think that uh, a pretty bad movie would probably be uh, R.I.P.D. Jonah Hex. <laughs> R.I.P.D. Do you do you dare utter that fucking phrase? God damn it! R.I.P.D. actually has some of it that seem like, okay, that's that's kind of funny. Like, fucking Ryan Reynolds is this old Asian man, whereas fucking Jeff Bridges is just this hot woman, and that's their disguises in, in like... Except Jeff Bridges is more attractive than that woman. <laughs> Yo, I'd fuck Jeff Bridges. 
I, I don't know if I'd fuck Jeff Bridges, but I get this feeling behind the scenes he's a lot more like a, like a private college art person because he has like he has photography as a hobby. I think he smokes lots of weed. He's just you. Yeah, yeah, he's just me. Is, is this goes down to the question of if you met your clone, would you fuck it? I, I, I definitely fuck my clone because that guy has a lot of practice with my dick. God, no. I would not. One of us would start crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I would I would immediately demand that my clone leave the room, but my clone would insist he's the real me, and then I would grab a hammer and it would be like a fight over the hammer. I'd probably kill my clone. <laughs> I, uh, I'm pretty sad that you guys crossed off my next thing on my list. Would you fuck your crossed clone? off? <laughs> There's a so this is a this is a, a fun thing on the list. Did you guys hear the news about the Sonic movie? Oh, uh, uh, that has become the highest grossing video game movie. Yeah, yeah. over over Detective Pikachu. Hell yeah. How do we how do we feel about that that the, the uh, Sonic movie now holds? Raise your hand if you've seen the Sonic movie. I liked it. I liked it. Hell yeah. Yeah, Sonic movie's good. That was that was fun. Yeah. I still need to see this. It was really wholesome too, which I really appreciate. Like the, the the meaning of the movie was the power of friendship. Donut King or Donut Lord. There we go. Donut Lord, which by the way, my Instagram profile picture for a while was the character poster of Donut Lord cut off so the DL wasn't there. So it said Nut Lord. <laughs> For a very long time, that was my Instagram profile picture. Oh no! I just I I want to I want to see the old Sonic, uh, fucking design cut of this movie. I I maintain that I needed cursed Sonic in my life, not a decent Sonic. Right. You're you're like in. There's like a whole camp of Snyder Cut people. Now there's a bigger camp of Butthole Gate people. You are the one person asking for cursed Sonic. No, there's a lot of people asking for cursed Sonic. When jo Joe Brennan got to see the Sonic movie two weeks early. Because <laughs> he would have looked like an alien? Yeah. Yeah? Because yeah. uh, I, I think Cosmonaut said it best. A lot of Sonic relies on you being okay with his design, though. So the change was probably for the better. Yeah. It, it was really nice seeing video game Sonic, like, just do a whole movie. Um, I prefer if they made all the people look like Sonic Adventure 1 people, though. <laughs> Did any of you guys play that game? I thought we were going to talk about the fucking female character in Sonic 06. <laughs> that just makes you a beta cuck. Yeah, it's just, it's just, they re-release Final Fantasy, the spirits within, but, like, just one of the characters is now Sonic. Wasn't, like, Tommy Lee Jones a part of that movie? Final Fantasy, the spirits within? I don't know, I've never seen it. I never owned a PSP. It had, it had like, a bunch of real actors in that movie. Well, I never... You know else had a bunch of real actors? Death fucking Stranding. The actors aren't worth shit these days. I, I've, my, one of my favorite, like, niche media things going on right now are Dreams games. The people who made Little Big Planet made Oh, I find I need to get it. I'm so, I need to get it so badly. They made a video game. I should buy it while in quarantine. That you make video games inside. Like yeah. You make little. It's like Roblox. It's it's almost. Media Molecule are fucking geniuses, and I will not hear any slander. Little Big Planet Two is one of the greatest video games of all time. Cheers. Never played. Uh, I thought Fuck it was, man. I thought it was one of those things where it was a little bit more like Gmod with a more in-depth editor that you could really exploit, so it's like user-friendly in a way that Roblox really wasn't. Yes, it's really user-friendly, but also it's really easy to do simple things like it was a little bit of planet. So there's this uh, subset of games that I've been made aware of, and it's Death Stranding clones. <laughs> in Dreams? In Dreams! I just like it when people, like, the most creative thing people in Dreams can do is just remake other games. 
Yes, it's Incredible. like when they gave uh, they gave people the Sonic editor for that uh, that that one Sonic the, the, the Sonic do the revolution. Sonic Mania. No, no, no. The really bad Sonic game that came out after Sonic Mania. Sonic Boom. No. Sonic Boom. Sonic. What the fuck is it called? The one where Eggman's taking over the world. Sonic 06. You, they have the make your own Sonic in it. It's like a really oh. recent Sonic oh. game. Oh, oh, Sonic Forces. Sonic Forces. It's like in Sonic Forces. Uh, there was a. Uh, I'll show you a Sonic Force, baby. Jason, the, the video game donkey guy, he released a video of like you know using his make your the make your own Sonic thing, and he just made a hedgehog in the make your own Sonic editor. <laughs> but because it's, because it's not Sonic, it's just a different looking generic hedgehog. <laughs> So people in dreams, they like to remake other video games. And one of the more popular video games to remake, of course there's Sonic, Spider-Man, but people really like remaking Death Stranding. <laughs> Kojima properties, like lots of Metal Gear Solid ripoffs. And uh, there's one called Elephant Stranding, where you have to like bring the Mountain Dew up the mountain <laughs> or some shit. Or no, it's a Monster Energy drink up a mountain. <laughs> oh, it's me. It's me like circa two, three months ago when I was addicted to Monster Energy. I am eternal. Remember when oh, you and everyone else kept telling me I was addicted to Monster Energy and I was like, nah, man. I just not. remember you leaving the room middle of the podcast. Like we were mid-sentence, Rain and I on something and you just stood up almost as if you were angry and left and we're just like, oh, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> you came back with ding-dongs and a monster. And I'm like, Tanner, that's your fourth monster today. And he's like, yeah, I need the energy. And I'm like, and at some point I was like, Tanner, Feel your heart rate as because you'd stood up to like go to the bathroom later, and you put your you put your hand to your neck, and you just screamed in the middle of the studio where there are language limitations. Holy shit! <laughs> My heart was beating. I swear to God, it felt like two hundred beats per minute or some shit. Oh no! <laughs> My heart was fucking beating really fast, and I was like, "That's not normal." Have you ever checked, like, read a Monster Energy can, the part where it tells you how many per day you're supposed to have? Oh, uh, yeah, isn't it, like, less than one? No, not less than one. That would, that would, that would, uh, it's, it's like, uh, when I was in middle school, I think it was like you're not supposed to have three, and if you have three, don't have more. <laughs> Here I am. I've had, you know the mega ones? I've had three of those on a day before. That's cool. Didn't Adrian overdose on Monster to the point where he fainted once? How am I not dead? I don't know. Are we interacting with a ghost? There's, uh, I, I don't know if that's how you test if he's a ghost or not. Oh! I have a good story about someone thinking I was a ghost. Okay. High school. Heroin rampant, right? What the fuck did we just walk in on? <laughs> no, 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 no. People in so, Missouri high schools do heroin. Especially Kirkwood. It's really bad in Kirkwood right now. Right. There were two kids named Tanner in my graduating class. Me and another kid named Tanner. Tanner, second semester of our senior year, tragically died of a heroin overdose. Damn. As you do. The fuck? <laughs> As you do. As you do. So, at one of the PA announcements that day, one of the announcements on the PA during, I believe it was third or fourth period, was them coming on and saying, a member of the Kirkwood community has died, Tanner Blank has passed away. Our thoughts are with his family, so let's all just, you know, really, you know, some kind of thing. So this is the day I found out that a lot of people who knew me in high school didn't know my last name and did not know there was another Tanner. <laughs> not only people in my high school, people were messaging my mom like, did your son die? Thinking I was, like, doing drugs all of a sudden. Not, I'm not judging someone for doing it. Addiction is, you know, a disease, yada yada. I'm not criticizing that. 
It's just, I'm a fucking bootlicker back then. Why the hell would I have ever touched drugs? But no, the craziest part was like, in lunch, some guy walks up to me and he's like, Tanner? I was like, yeah, and, he's, and this is what he does, I swear to God. He starts touching my face over and over again, and I was like, can you not? And he's like, I thought you died. And I was like, well, I fucking did it. Stop touching my face. You were like Snake Plissken for a day. <laughs> it was this really weird thing where I became vaguely aware of how people would react if I died. Are you insinuating that, like, that, like, Snake Plissken, that... Tanner peaked in high school with the coolness level? I uh, was the most popular kid in my class. I definitely peaked in high school. It, it, it is kind of fun, <laughs> now though. you're here. It is something I hope to aspire. I think any man worth his balls should aspire to, like, have a, have a time in their life when most people don't go, oh, hello, like, how are you? They go, I thought you were dead. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Yeah, I had my, I had my I thought you died moment, and it was kind of like, wow. People actually would have missed me if I was gone. It actually really helped with my depression. You know, the way that you were demonstrating, like, touching face, I made a short film in high school uh, with uh, my friends, and it was basically, like, this guy, this guy who's really into doing magic tricks, meeting a girl for the first time, but he's, like, practicing magic tricks in the library, and he, like, does one where something ends up over his eyes, and as he's struggling out from under it, this girl, like, walks up to him. And it was supposed to be a silent film, so there was no dialogue, and, like, are you... And it's, like... Pantomiming, are you okay? He gets out from under and thinks that he magic tricks this girl to appear in front of him. And so he just like grabs her face like this. These two ended up dating for like four years and that was the first time they ever met. And I'm like, Marley, uh, Jacob here is just gonna grab your face and like, then like fondle it for a moment for this shot. And she's like, oh, okay. And yeah, that's how they met and dated and then broke up. <laughs> that is that is a thing in Missouri, though, because people typically just, like, are so... have, have so few networks for night, nightlife and, like, socializing that if you cast, like, a guy opposite a girl and they're, like, remotely the same, like, level of attractive, they will fucking date. I was on the set of a movie called Epicoste, and uh, this, uh, this guy, uh, the, the lead actor... Yeah, they were having like the sex scene with the girl, right? And we're all we all show up that day and we're like, okay, these people aren't dating, barely know each other. Let's all be very respectful for the sex scene. And we were sitting there and we had like a very good day of filming and everything was very tasteful and professional. Mm -hmm. And then like we find out like a week after filming the sex scene that they're having sex for real now. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it felt so good during those, like, times where we weren't actually supposed to have sex, that we decided to have sex. You know what? You should have blue as the one was colored in. <laughs> what, 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 I hear that director's a creep. What are you referring to? Uh, what hey, happened? <laughs> I need context, Mr. They Kraft. basically, basically actually directed a porno in that movie, except they had stimulated genitalia over the real genitalia. So they had, like, what is it? Leia Sadu? Leia Saidu? Pretty much. And, uh, what's her name? Like, just fucking getting, like... There's an eight-minute-long sex scene in that movie, I'm pretty sure. I, I got... So much scissoring. I gotta fucking see it, dude. <laughs> I, I bought it off the Criterion Collection. <laughs> I, I, I fast-forward through the sex scenes. I'm what trying are you to think talking because... about? You don't pause the movie for 20 minutes at a time? Every frame? There was, there was this... <laughs> Every frame. There was this funny thing that sort of happened. I recently saw a portrait of a lady on fire... And one of the funnier things was reading through the uh, sort of r slash movies official discussion, like the, the Reddit thread about it. I love that. 
it was just a lot of people, you know, like, talking about how it's a masterpiece, Portrait of Lady on Fire, and then there was one guy in there who used the movie as leverage just to talk about how shitty Blue is the Warmest Color is. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was mostly just like, see, we can have a lesbian movie where we don't exploit the actresses and act like fucking creeps. But, Sounds listen, right. they exploited the actresses, it was creepy, but final move was really good, so let me I, have this. I hear it's tremendously artful. It is. I, and I also have, like, a lot of sentimental value attached to it, because it was the first, um, with a certain person who was the end, it was the first time we watched the movie together that they picked. Andrew, you can say my name. You're here <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> I'm right fucking here on the chair. I can't believe it. They died. They're dead now. It's such a shame. It was Tanner. Tanner chose the movie that Tanner needed to watch. Oh yeah, we, we made this joke earlier because Tanner is basically uh, working six days a week at the abandoned college. <laughs> and we made the... Yeah, Tanner was just like, yeah, so I'm scheduled six days out of the week, but here's the thing. I'm, I write my own schedule or some shit. <laughs> you are the scheduling guy. Yeah, I'm in charge of scheduling. So we, we made this joke about just Tanner just being like, man, fuck the boss and throwing a knife in a picture of his own face. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that guy. I fucking hate him. Somebody is sitting at the desk like waiting, terrified because you've done this five times over the <laughs> last three minutes. And you're just like muttering while standing in the corner occasionally pulling a knife out of nowhere and throwing it at your face. So what am I? They're just like, can I check out a book, please? And you're like, this isn't a library! This is confirmed that I'm a, so a masochist against myself because of scheduling. Yeah. Uh, a journalist. So far the podcast has confirmed that I'm a journalist, a masochist against myself. Uh, the most famous autistic man in Missouri. We're gonna have to censor so many names in this fucking podcast. Not really, we've been pretty good so far. I can't yeah. remember who said I was the most famous autistic person in the state of Missouri. It might I, have been Dawn. I think it was Dawn. <laughs> I, uh, you're standing at the desk at Webster, and you're and somebody's just like, "Hey, uh, I need this printer fucked with." Why you look down? Yeah, I'm missing my dad's funeral. <laughs> Turn around, knife in your <laughs> face. I can't believe I'm working right now. I miss my dad's funeral. The asshole scheduler put me on during my dad's funeral. That would be a decent short that we could make where it's just. Hold like on, I... cut this. We're gonna have to make this. This is good. No, uh, like like we said, four people. Oh yeah, nobody to the listens. Podcast, so I actually we're... like that as a short though. Yeah. Yeah, and that could be something that could be filmed with like just the three of us. Right. Just the three of us. Also, we're calling this we podcast the hashtag Together at Home Podcast Edition. Together at Home Podcast. Can we, can, we call, can we call this instead the Better Together STL Initiative Podcast? <laughs> <laughs> as funny as that is, I'm actually referencing something kind of like cute and fun that a bunch of musicians have been doing during this crisis. And uh, it didn't, I don't think it started with Coldplay, but Chris Martin of Coldplay like latched onto it and uh, live streamed on Instagram for about 30 minutes just talking with people on Instagram and playing little songs and on like the instruments he had around his home from Coldplay. And then at the end, he challenged John Legend to do it, and I guess John Legend picked it up the next day. And so it's just been kind of going around of just musicians live streaming, just like little performances playing and like giving people it some... It sounds like something Brendan Urie has been doing for years. <laughs> <laughs> That's mean... not like a joke, but he has been. Like, there's I a bunch of like, you were gonna... stream archives. Yeah, I thought you were going to say, like, oh, it's just every time he releases an album. <laughs> it's just a collection of him at home. <laughs> he actually played all the horns on High Hopes himself because no one else, because he didn't trust anyone else to come into his home. Do you remember the Pete Buttigieg High Hopes dance? Yes, of course. Oh, man, that was my favorite part of the campaign. 
I, uh, I I listened to that song the day Pete dropped out in the car, <laughs> raining my <laughs> fucking ass off. Tears coming out of your eyes. If Pete was the nominee, would you have voted for him? Um, over over Trump probably. So basically, if it was literally anyone but Biden or Bloomberg, you probably would have voted for. <laughs> I just really can't visualize like him getting his Starship Troopers bullshit through and like passing that. Yeah. Yeah, Pete Buttigieg literal year of service, which. My mom clarified it doesn't have to be the U.S. military. It's, just you can do a year of service in a Walmart if you're really hardcore. <laughs> or uh, the Peace Corps, which I was like, how's that any better? <laughs> I feel like that's still military, force military service. I thought the Peace Corps was U.N. I said U.N. Peace Corps, didn't I? Uh, you didn't say U.N., you just said the Peace Corps, but whatever. It's whatever. Oh, away from politics again. What's the um, next one on your list? Because I know we had a really great gag at the table before. It's called, it's the one from the table. It's called Another Degree of Kaufman. Oh, so, right. <laughs> there was this uh, screenwriter named, Char- there was this screenwriter named Charlie Kaufman. He was the guy who did Being John Malkovich, Adaptation. Uh, his, he also, Eternal Sunshine of the Yeah, it's probably his most famous one. He, uh, so he, uh, he started off his career doing like these really meta films, like these films that were very self-referential, uh, like had characters in the film sometimes being the screenwriter in the film. And then he made Synecdoche, New York, which is like the name itself is a reference to self-similar like structures. So Synecdoche was kind of like this big kickoff point where it's just like, all right, the film is about a guy directing a play that's about the guy's life and the point, you know, between reality and fiction starts to blur. So then, like, recently sort of abdicated the doing meta films, like, throne. He did this movie Anomalisa, which is just like a drama with puppets, right? Yeah, so, like, it's like, isn't that the one where it's like, this guy thinks everyone sounds the same? Yeah, that's, that's part of it, yes. Okay. Well, now I'm just imagining it with Muppets, but whatever. Kermit. Anomalisa with Muppet characters would be pretty intense. <laughs> just everyone sound everyone sounds like just some fucking like dork ass like woman, and then he finally hears Miss Piggy speak, and and the movie begins. So uh, we we need um, more of this like meta screenwriting because it's clear we're film students. <laughs> I looked around and I realized we're all film students. We're all wearing vague shirts. We need the pretentious meta quality. So recently, what, what brought this to mind was on Disney Plus, it launched with this thing called High School Musical the Musical, which is um, this this high school troupe that's like doing High School Musical and it's about them producing. Which, by the way, part of it is that it's the high school that High School Musical was shot at. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of meta elements to it. What, what's something you think would be would benefit from having more meta elements? All right, who, I, no thing? one is allowed to take this pitch from me because I came up with this. I'm taking credit. So Jason right Bourne the here. There's a Jason Bourne movie. <laughs> all right, where um, all the previous Jason Bourne. <laughs> every cock because it's just one Jason. Born, hey, hey, hey. Oh, so, Renner, you a piece of shit. Renner wasn't playing Born. <laughs> I'm Jason Born, Jackson. I know you are. But anyway, so we thought, well, specifically, I thought, you know, James Bond could benefit from this. It's getting stale. It's getting very like misogynistic in its tone, and it's just kind of like a very regressive franchise in the shape of things. Uh, no Time to Die kind of looks like ass, but kidding. Yeah, it's like, it peaked with Skyfall. So how do we breathe new life into this? Well, we start with the new Bond being David Tennant. And he just starts doing these things that he's acting very out of character and manic. And one day he stumbles upon, like, the secret thing. Like, a book that's pulled the wrong way in his office. And this little, like, elevator opens up when the bookcase slides aside. And he steps in, he goes down, and he just sees these 
tanks with all the former bodies of Bond. We're talking, like, Roger Moore. We're talking, like, fucking, uh, Timothy Dalton. We're talking everybody. And so, these piles of, like, Bond bodies, and David Tennant realizes that every Bond film is canon, and every time a Bond dies, they just inject the memories, like, they extract all the memories, pull somebody off the street and just jam a giant needle in their fucking head and inject all of these memories of old James Bond. And he's, like, doing this fucking Roger Moore bullshit, like, hitting women when he doesn't mean to. <laughs> just fucking losing it. And it turns into this massive, like, meta-conspiracy about James Bond as a franchise. It's that line from uh, Rise of Skywalker where they're like, spirit of thousands of Jedi lives in <laughs> Except it's the spirit of a dozen Bond actors a just dozen, stuck a dozen in this guy's body. It's like a dozen misogynists live in you now. <laughs> and it's just David Tennant freaking the fuck out. And I think David Tennant is the perfect cast for this because I can't imagine anybody else playing that mania uh, as me. well. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Oi, governor! It's me, James Bond, Dave. <laughs> fucking. Oh, Oi, fish and chips and all that. <laughs> I am James Bond and I fucking hate women. I think that we need a games bond There's... where he's just really, really homosexual. How about a, 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 a gay, a gay, a gay, uh... trans bond? It's, it could be a thing, you know, David Tennant's just like at a funeral, right? And it's just like for somebody's grandma and he's just like, I'm sorry for your loss. He just hits himself. He's just like, I don't know what's happening to me. It's okay, James. Thanks for coming. Your mother was a whore. And <laughs> the James Bond containment feels like she, he sees a couple of women and he's just like... The, the dominant antagonist of the movie would just be Sean Connery. Like, he's the most dominant Bond out of all of them, and he eventually starts killing other Bonds inside of the Inside Out, like, sequence. <laughs> oh, so it's like it's like the it's like that one scene in Superman 3 where Clark Kent fights Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the junkyard, but it's like, it's like a weird inside-the-head thing, but also outside-the-head thing. I thought it'd be much funnier if it's like a normal Bond film, it's just David Tennant losing his fucking mind because he stumbles across this, and it never, like... He never, like, tells anybody that he found it, but he's just losing his shit the entire movie, and it's dealt with in the sequel. <laughs> the whole, like, conspiracy tumbling down. Every time the Pierce tumbling Brosnan down, guy comes... Tumbling down. Every time the Pierce Brosnan uh, Bond comes out, he just tells him to do something completely outlandish, and he's like, I'm sorry, I literally cannot, like, fucking ski down an explosion. And he's like, yeah, you can. You do it in post. You just kind of, like, hang there. You ever, <laughs> seen, you ever seen a fucking Countach jammed into the ground? A what?! Fucking Countach and Lamborghini. Are we gonna have to bleep half of that? Is that a name of things? How the fuck do you guys not know about the Lamborghini Countach? Jackson, I'm pretty sure it. that's a racial slur. <laughs> <laughs> then why would Lamborghini name a car after it, you fuckers? I don't know, they're Italian. Ah, uh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Anyway. Yeah, I was working out on this machine last night. It was called the Fagplex. <laughs> <laughs> Are we gonna make a gay bashing joke, or are we done here? Uh, it was um, uh, <laughs> so infinite bond in theaters soon. <laughs> Directed by Tanner Richard Kraft. Fuck off. With three and a half walls directs an action movie, let me direct it. <laughs> <laughs>
So I was thinking uh, me a, a really fun meta movie would just be a guy who's um, setting out uh, and like it's his whole like goal in life is to make an entire like movie starring Don Cacino from the end of Jack and Jill. <laughs> and he's like, it's just a whole movie of him pestering Al Pacino in real life. And meanwhile, like intercut with like all of this stuff about Al Pacino having like real trouble in his life, like dealing with the fact that like his grandkids are getting degrees in college that he doesn't like understand. And like, he's like sort of getting used to like, like going to the doctor and having back issues, like really serious stuff. And then he'll occasionally just get phone calls from this guy who's it's like, hey, it's me with the Dunkachino script. So we just secured Planet Donut set. Um, can we please expect you for the 21st? <laughs> and it just drives Al Pacino up the wall. <laughs> like, that would be my meta movie. Is just... Oh, what would mine be? Um... I think it's a guy who like goes around in life and there's like these crazy stuff happening around him, like people running around with guns, shooting people, taking cars. And then one day he's just like, but he always does his job whenever somebody comes in to rob the bank, he just goes along with It's fucking it. Free Guy. <laughs> Jackson's Meta Movie would be Free Guy. Jackson's Meta... Well, Jackson's Meta Movie is the Bond one. You fuckers are not allowed to touch that thing in any directorial um, capacity. We need to give Tom Tanner. Oh, oh, it's just like... I thought you were telling me to shut up. Oh, no. Tanner, no, I was saying we, up, we need kid. to give Tanner time to do his. Uh, my meta film already exists. It's called The Cardinals Fan. <laughs> Joseph Reddick has pointed this out that The Cardinals Fan has gotten better over the past two years. Because who are the two Cardinals fans? My ex-best friend and my ex-fiance. <laughs> <laughs> it's aged like a so, fucking fine So you wine. just freaking out on them for barely any reason gets just like a fine wine? Yeah, like that. there's a whole meta subtext to the film that flat out did not exist before. In all seriousness, I think my meta film would be something like, I don't know, some fucking bullshit lesbians in a couch or something, I don't know. <laughs> the Wait, that's just the last minute joke. <laughs> that's just the last minute joke. God damn, what is it with us making meta films all the time? Um, well, well, yeah, that's kind of like our brand name is derived from the meta quality of our films. Uh, my, meta film, my meta film is a guy that's directing his uh, senior thesis film, and it gets cucked by a pro gamer. Can I be the pro gamer? <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm gonna shotgun somebody's fucking lights. I don't care if this guy owns a bunch of Call of Duty guns. I'm gonna find a way to... Was it a genuine AR-15 or something? It was a genuine AR-15. You could see bullets because the bag had, like, a little bit of, like, clear plastic to see in. So you're saying if I kill this guy, the loot will be fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) He's a level 10. He's a level 10 boss, though. He only drops, like, $10, but he drops also, like, 50 bullets for the best gun in the game. It's rare. It's epic rarity level loot, loot, but, like, no currency. Yeah. Well, I, I mean that's all right. I'm I'm like uh, I don't know. I'm like a le- I'm like a level like fucking sixty. I'm I'm like a level level sixty uh mob hitman egg chef. <laughs> in a kitchen, get, you know, if I'm just making somebody an egg dish, I'm like a level sixty. I think we actually had an idea to just turn pro gamer cucks a film into into a three and a half wall short. And it's just, at some point, I come out with a baseball bat and like, hey, nice movie, right? Kick over a light and then just start swinging the baseball bat. <laughs> we, like, ask Webster if they have any lights they need decommissioned. Hey, we hey we heard your 2K's light bulb burn out. You mind if we borrow it? <laughs> so, uh, this, this next thing on this list is um, movies or just art in general with Rick and Morty fan bases. So there's some, there's some ones that we already have to, like, cross off. Like, everyone knows. Cross off. Undertale has a Rick and Morty fan base. 
Um, Steven Universe has a Rick and Morty fan base. Um, what are some movies, though? With Steven Rick and Universe Morty? less so. I have not seen that much with Steven Universe as far as movies. Spider um, DC Spider fanboys. Yes, because they had that thing when, when Batman vs. Superman came out. Where it was like, petition to make Rotten Tomatoes suck my dick. Or the still continually, continuing release the Snyder Cut saga that last time they had a social media push, fucking Ben goddamn Affleck got involved. Is that Gal Gadot? All the actors. Not Henry Cavill. Well, Henry was busy on set of The Witcher, where he actually put his sword through the phone so he could live the role of Geralt for six weeks. That's <laughs> believable. Fuck. So definitely DC films. That's a hard agree. How do you do? You think Fight Club has kind of a? Uh... Oh, absolutely. Specifically, my people that completely fucking missed the point of the movie. My favorite thing is like levels of being a Fight Club fan. It starts with you thinking Fight Club is a great is a great movie, and it ends with you thinking Fight Club is a great movie. Yeah. But there's like a bunch of layers between the two things. I. I... I should abandon everything and start destroying shit and working out, and then eventually you realize that it's just like, oh, I went from one one type of conformity to another type of conformity, and you're right back at David Fincher is a great director. Yeah. Uh, what's what's well, another? I, I think that my favorite one is where the final stage is. Fight Club is the great the greatest gay rom com ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think one movie with really toxic fans is probably uh, Movie Loves. Because the, they, they're always, like, drooling everywhere, and they can't, none of them can drive. Uh, total incels, like, none of them have gotten laid. They're all, like, under the age of five. I hate Oopy Loves fans. Is Ben Shapiro's fan base a Rick and Morty fan base? Yes. I know that's not a movie, but... Yes. My favorite fucking thing was Ben Shapiro reviews The Rise of Skywalker, and he basically started the review with, Seven and Eight sucked, but this movie rocked. I was just whoa. like, you fuckhead. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How did he not like Seven if he liked Nine? The, the same energy. Well, the weird thing about Nine is that it's... J. The weird thing about J.J. J. J. Abrams shitting on Episode Eight. Fine, I understand that. Why did he shit on his other own Star Wars movie? How do you feel about the fucking Teletubbies fan base? All right, same as the Oogie Loves fan base. I wish they'd just be ten years older. <laughs> right, uh, I'm trying to think of other films that have just like... Uh, so when I was in high school, and this was might have been like just a Ford Zumont West thing, but every kid who just like was going nowhere with their grades and got into like fights for fun really loved the movie Never Back Down. Nobody remembers this piece of shit. It was basically, I think this movie had like direct-to-DVD sequels, but it was some kind of like MMA movie from like the 2000s. And uh, they all, like every asshole at my school was really into the movie Never Back Down. Very niche asshole market. You know what? Fuck people who like the movie well. That's fair. <laughs> That's actually fair because Quentin Dupree has made better movies than Rubber. And everyone is just like, yeah, what about the movie where the tire kills people? And, like, he made this movie called Wrong Cops in 2014. And it's about a bunch of cops who, like, deal drugs and, like, murder people. And are, like, just how cops really are in real life. <laughs> and I thought it was fucking hilarious. And it has one of my favorite ending scenes. They're all at a funeral for, I think, one of the cops dies. And they're all at a funeral. And one of the main characters wanders off. And he sees, at the funeral home, this deer just staring at him from across the way. You know, very far away, but the deer's just staring at him. And he looks back at the deer, and he leans in, and he goes, Write a book about what? Write a book about what? 
write a book about what? <laughs> I need to see that. I don't know. I watched Rubber when I was in like pretentious film student mode, so that might have influenced my dislike of it. But I've watched it again since then, and I still do not like it. Rubber and Sharknado were two of the first movies I watched at Webster proper, and uh, I think that set a very specific tone for the experience. Rubber, like, there's one funny joke in Rubber, which is where it's like, he's been reincarnated into a tricycle! That's like the only <laughs> funny joke in the whole movie. Well, uh, but this is actually, uh, so... I have a love-hate relationship with Mr. Wazoo. Like, I think all... And that's Quentin Dupree, the director of Rubber. He goes by Mr. Wazoo. Uh, he, ma he makes really good music. But his music kind of goes along... Like, it, it, the, the whole, like, gimmick of his music is it's music for stupid people that's supposed to sound nice to stupid people. Oh. So it's, like, very minimal production, but he's using, like, music theory to make it sound just kind of like, oh, the beeps and boops are pleasant. It's a really nice act, right? So it's human music yeah, from Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah, it's it's he ma he makes some solid bangers, but they're not like the production is intentionally minimalistic in a way that's not artful. So he made this movie. I think it was his first film. It was called Non-Film, and the whole point of Non-Film is it's supposed to feel twice as long as it is. It's like a movie. I think the plot of Non-Film is it's this director who's trying to make a movie and like everything's going wrong, and it's shot. In a bunch of really long wides, so it's very painful to watch. And there's a point where, like, their film, pe film, like, film people in general will try to defend inaccessible movies that are bad because they like it that they made it through an inaccessible movie. Yeah, is that why people defend Rubber? Yes. Because it's just like, because I don't even think I would dislike it that much if it weren't for the weird fucking audience shit. Yes, lots of people make it through rubber, and then they're just, like, thinking. This is, like, what's going on secretly in the back room of their mind. They're just like, well, I have to sit through that. What do I have to show for it? Well, I can just tell people the movie's really great and esoteric. Because, like, the weird audience thing, and then there's, like, rotted and poisoned meat, and it's so weird, and I don't understand it. And I don't think it's one of those movies where there's, like, an underlying symbolism or allegory or something, like, Things happen for things' sake. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's sad because there are, like, this This is one of the weird, like, myths of modern art, is that, like, a lot of artists are just making movies like that, when there are movies that use, like, like use the weird shit happening in ways where you don't understand it at first to say serious things about serious topics. Rubber isn't one of those movies, and people, like, like, film buffs, I guess, like rubber fans, are dragging those actual art movies down by recommending rubber to people. <laughs> like, oh, you should check out, like, you know what a good example of something, like, that's, like, in the rubber vein, but actually fucking accomplishes something super deep and meaningful? What? Swiss Army Man. Yeah, Swiss Army Man's great. Yeah, that movie fucking rocks. That's the movie that made me want to change majors. That movie's amazing. That's bad. Yes. I was so glad you just immediately understood when I said that. Yeah, I, I've had the same experience with rubber fans. So, uh, Don Moore is here now. Hey, everybody. She got, got a bored. job because of Lego Vlog. Yeah, I, I, and it's that job that I got bored with that made me come here. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, that's what happened. I was like, I was editing and I was like, damn, I'm feeling really like existential right now and I just want to drive somewhere and hang out with friends so hell yeah that's what we're I here that. for we're, we're breaking the quarantine not that i hate the job or anything it's, it's actually a pretty good editing gig well you need to take it's breaks like, from anything yeah it's just i've realized that like i've had like a massive realization with this one gig that's like holy shit they're actually respecting me as an editor what <laughs> what's happening here 
Did you guys hear that they're opening the first uh, vertical fucking theater? Are they? I'm not opposed to this like most people are. I I will kill somebody if anybody forces me to go there. I, I made a joke on, because I, I heard this on a patrician film film group on Facebook. I was just like, everyone else in the world, yeah, of course they'd make the Vine movie four years late. And then, like, Mongolians in China. You know what? This kind of works artistically. We already write like this. You know, those are like the two groups. Like... I mean, yeah, that, that works. I'm not opposed to them existing. Yeah, like, with it's, the format. it's literally just another way to present we have we already have so many different aspect ratios anyway. Mother, like make tall movies. Yeah. I think we should make triangular movies. <laughs> Isn't it. that like a fucking Transformers thing? <laughs> like Cybertron. Yeah, they just they're just watching triangular porn. Next thing <laughs> it's gonna be like aspect ratios that are like this. I just want the uh, I just want the fucking revitalization of the original red versus blue like postage stamp size letterboxing to cut out all of the Halo UI. Hexagon. Because it, it, it's, oh, yeah. it's like it's you only see like from the center to about this much of the screen that's like this big. Over half of the bottom of the screen is cut off. You know, oh, yeah. you know that one S that everybody draws in their notebooks? <laughs> oh yeah. That aspect ratio. <laughs> I want my uh, aspect ratio to be the fucking dodecahedron from Contact. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, because you were talking about people who are like one fan group, like Rick and Morty fan bases over certain types of movies. I, I feel that way about people who are fans of Modern Warfare because they refuse to, like, acknowledge any other, like, shooter game. Yeah, like, the only good Call of Duty game was World at War, you fucks. <laughs> what are you talking about? Advanced Warfare exists. You talking shit about my, uh, about my COD 4 there, bud? Yes. <laughs> COD 4 suck. World at War, only good game. Alright, everybody. Uh, it's been, been a great day. Uh, <laughs> Dawn goes back home. <laughs> Dawn has gone. Dawn has left the building. There's a, what was it? I really liked one Call of Duty game. It was, I think, Call of Duty 4 for the Nokia N-Gage. <laughs> that was, in my opinion, the best COD game. You didn't so, this. my goal as a gamer is to collect every single version and copy of every Tony Hawk Pro Skater game. And that would include finding a copy of Pro Skater 4 for N-Gage. Ah. Yeah, we do need to acquire a Nokia N-Gage, otherwise we're not like a proper, uh... Unit gamers. We're not a proper media collective if we don't own an N-Gage. They targeted gamers. No, I think we need them. Gamers. I think we need, like, a fucking... One of those old flip cameras that had the USB loader on the side. That was its main feature. Can it run Doom? No. I thought you. Yeah. I thought you said can it shoot. I'm pretty Doom, sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it can run Doom. What were those flipping? Anything can run Doom. You can run Doom on a mouse from 1993. Yeah. Don, I arms the god. Thought you said can it shoot Doom? Yes. <laughs> can it dunk. <laughs> All right. Does anyone else want to dunk on Dune by just shooting an adaptation of Dune here in St. Louis while nobody's anywhere? Oh my God! Yes. Brad will be on that. <laughs> During the quarantine, we make Dune and release it before Dennyville knew. No, you were first in line. But like uh, movies with a Rick and Morty fan base. Gotcha. I mean, you listed basically all that I can at least name off the top of my head, right? Well, I mean, we didn't name My Little Pony. Oh. <laughs> oh. I don't want to touch that. Uh, I. It is the primordial soup that I emerged from as a filmmaker, and it's a blemish on my past that I can never remove. 
I mean, you but can it is also it something very I, easily. It is something I I have removed. Sauce. Like you would have to dig to find that on YouTube. Exactly. I still have the I still have all my videos on listing. You can see my fucking like Babby's first After Effects tutorial with like green screen ponies put into real life situations. That was an entire fucking genre on YouTube, by the way. Within within the Brony community, there was a PIRL community, which stands for Pony in Real Life, which basically centers around putting ponies in real life. Some prominent YouTubers in this category include StormXF3, Little Shy FIM, um, Sonic Rainbooms, who was actually a really good friend of mine. Uh, he has since completely erased that part of his life, thankfully, as have I. Um, and he's off, like, actually doing really good visual, visual effects and even DJing some shit over in the UK, which is really cool. He did the VFX for the Resistance. He's, he's like, he's fucking top tier. Um, and, uh, obviously myself. I went by the handle Noobs or People too. I think, around then. Hey, Austin. Do you have anything stronger than Everclear? <laughs> uh... I, I don't know, we could just, like, put some salt on some hand sanitizer, wait for the stuff to float up, and then just drink that. <laughs> do people do that? Yeah, that's a way to get alcohol out of hand sanitizer without drinking so much of the chemicals. I remember fucking Mackenzie Moser made a film about a recovering alcoholic that was so bad at it. Not made a film, but, like, wrote it for, like, screenwriting a full film, like, 90-page screenplay. And uh, there's just, like, the scene where at the Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, she, like, breaks down, goes into the bathroom, and is, like, vomiting profusely into the toilet, and then just, like, goes under the hand sanitizer thing and just chunks a bunch into her mouth and then, like, breaks down crying, and that's how the scene ends. How'd they do that? How'd they, how'd they, how do you think they did the did that with the prop? <sighs> they haven't... It, the movie never got made, as far as I'm aware. It was just a script that she wrote, but it was a oh, very okay. visceral scene that she wrote in this class. What one one thing that um and I I still will will take all the shit that this gets gets me. I think that people who really like Ridley Scott's Gladiator can suck my dick. No. I don't really like it. I just think yeah, that's a fine enough movie. Anyone, I've never seen it. Anyone who likes Gladiator more than that can suck my fucking dick. Okay, so I'm at the maximum acceptable level. Yes, <laughs> like it's like and eh, I'm bored. I guess I can watch Gladiator. Yeah, but. Th- I'm a fucking nerd! You saw what Snyder did to Gladiator movies with 300. You epic pwn. That's ancient Greece, you! He said what he said. So, there's this, uh... educated. You know, The Martian, that's a great fucking movie. Fuck anyone who thinks otherwise. Martian is a great movie. Thank you. So, instead of blaming toxic fan bases, you think the people who don't like The Martian are toxic? Yes. <laughs> They're the problem, not me. They but, just don't like math, Tanner. That would be a good follow-up question, is people you don't like if they like a certain movie, like, like, like what's a what's a right flag for you? Uh, rubber? <laughs> there is one, but it's not coming to mind wait, right wait, now. Wait, sorry, no. I think I phrased that backwards. If somebody doesn't, yeah, somebody doesn't like this movie, you don't trust them. Oh, like, if for, somebody won't admit that Into the Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man movie ever made. Yeah, like, like, like that. You're wrong. It, I'm right. You Spider-Man are inherently too. wrong because no, Spider-Man 2 is stuck by the limitations of live action and maybe it that's cannot properly it a, it encapsulate bit, comics. Maybe that's taking it a bit far, not like getting into the, 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 the like uh, variations of how good it is. Just if somebody outright doesn't like X movie, then you don't trust them. Yeah, it's definitely Into the Spider-Verse. If you don't like Into the Spider-Verse, it's hands on sight because you're probably a Nazi. If you don't like Back to the Future, Ooh. what the fuck is wrong with you? 
I don't. What, do you not like that? Uh, uh, sure? uh, so, now the thing is, I used to actually be a pretty big fan of like a bunch of really classic '80s films until I realized a lot of that, a lot of the films from that era, are from that era. You know, Ronald Reagan, AIDS crisis, right. millions of gay people dead, and these movies are the product of celebrating that. <laughs> I don't know if they were celebrating that. Have you, uh... Tell me what Ghostbusters is about, Austin. Tell me what Ghostbusters is about. Uh, I think it's about busting ghosts. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, guess what what organization gets in the way of busting ghosts? The government? The EPA. Yeah, that is interesting that the EPA are the bad guys in there. You can point fun at out. You can probably poke holes in a lot of them, but what, 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 what beef do you have with Back to the Future? I, I don't necessarily have a beef with Maybe Back to the Future. The where Marty McFly fucks his mom. <laughs> that is. That so is you know, Biff tries to rape the mom and princess. <laughs> it's not so much the the film itself; it's more so the context surrounding. The so film. you don't like the '80s, and as a pro, as I, like a byproduct, a I lot used of to, the products yeah, in there. I used to like the '80s. The '80s seemed really cool. And then I realized how fucking terrifying the 80s were. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Reagan was a fucking warlord. That's fair. That's why I tried... I, that's, that's why, I like, that's why the best way to analyze media is removed from the context it came out in. Right. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's... Depending... It really... Like, if it's a movie about gay people from the 80s, then sure, apply that context. Fine, then. If Back to the Future, that's a valid enough point. Uh, no, because I understand the counter-argument against Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump's my favorite movie ever, but I... Who the fuck doesn't like Forrest Gump? So there are people that think it's conservative propaganda. How? So Jenny's a liberal, right? And she gets the AIDS. <laughs> there much. Is, there is an element of that at play where, as somebody who is doing all the things that we would do collectively... Uh, is continually gets, basically punished for it? Yeah, gets condemned for it. Which, I don't think that's intentional. I oh think my. that's just a byproduct of the story. Are people seriously trying to take this fairy tale movie and apply, like, real-life morality takes to it? Just like, yep, Forrest Gump is saying, if you ever do drugs and party, you're gonna get AIDS and die. Like, as if Forrest Gump is a realistic movie. It's not. Anyone who thinks Forrest Gump is a realistic movie, like, should have had, like, different paint in their house as a kid. <laughs> they had the same paint Forrest had. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what the fuck? Uh, if you don't like... Okay, here's here's the one I will go up the bat for the most because it's the one I heard shit talk the most. If you don't like Goodwill Hunting, get fucked. Yeah. 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 Honestly, yeah. That I've is, never seen it. That is one of Gus Van Sant's better films. I would argue his best one. Yeah, but most people would. If you don't like Bionicle Mask of Light, I will hunt you to the end of the Honestly, the only, the only competition for Gus Van Sant would be Milk. I really like that movie. Yeah, that's uh, that's a big one for me. Like, Goodwill Hunting just feels like this most perfect movie to me. If you yeah. don't like Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings. That's what if you don't like fantasy, though? Yeah, I just hate fantasy. I'm not kidding. I the don't, rule still applies. Don't play Skyrim. I didn't really give a shit when my dad... When my, as, as a kid, we watched all of Lord of the Rings films across three Friday movie nights with pizza and everything. I associated it poorly because I didn't really enjoy the films. When I was a Grace junior, the pizza was also not that great. When I was a trying, junior, like, first like pockets. <laughs> the Shire is so goddamn beautiful that every single time I would watch The Fellowship of the Ring or any of the Lord of the Rings movies, uh, as a kid, I would just straight fall. I would be 
on my knees crying. The only thing oh, I remember is because he would like a chain on, like recording records. When I was a junior, when I was a junior in high school, I insisted the Hobbit trilogy was better than the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to hear this tape. I, I saw. Oh, I don't have this opinion anymore. We can't release anymore. any of this now that you've said that. <laughs> For the record, I don't have this opinion anymore. I honestly don't know why I had it in the first place. You know, My only explanation is that I was forced into watching Lord of the Rings for the first time while I watched The Hobbit as a voluntary thing. I watched The Hobbit in theaters, all three of those movies, because I was friends with a ton of people who were really into Lord of the Rings. And while I definitely did not care about any of that, they were also all girls, so I was like very persuaded to just join them on whatever adventure. So as a collective, we saw the first Hobbit, and then like four of us saw the second one, and by the end it was just the hardliner Amanda and I in the theater, and it was just like, why the fuck did I agree to this? Martin Freeman? I just want to say for the record, when I said The Hobbit, I thought I used to think The Hobbit trilogy was better, but Lord of the Rings often, like, genuinely threw the paperback in shock. Yeah, no, he, yeah, no, he my, seized up. My stepdad took me out of school on my birthday one year to go see The Battle of the Five Armies. How, was that a net positive or a net negative for you? Fuck school. I mean, I got out of school. I thought Don was going to say, I could have learned things that day. Yeah. I could have learned things. <laughs> Until, uh, except... I had to lose brain cells. Watching as fucking uh, I mean the thing is back then triangle was shoved in. Back then I didn't know how to critique film, so I just didn't really like think it was bad. I just thought it was that was a movie. It was a cool movie. Pretty some weird CGI choices, but overall pretty good. I, I don't I I've I've only recently in the past few years learned how to properly critique movies. I still don't know how to properly praise them. <laughs> Movie is the greatest thing since ejaculation. Yeah, I, uh, I I get a little bit suspect around people who don't like Citizen Kane, like at all. I get really suspect around them because I'm like, did you see the same fucking movie I did every single time? Yeah, remember? I told you multiple times. I fell asleep in Citizen Kane. The That's problem okay. Is, I fall asleep in Lord of the Rings, but I still like Lord of the Rings. The problem is, is that 95% of people. Who say they don't like Citizen Kane, it's probably because they were forced to watch it in some film class they didn't necessarily want to take and didn't like. That makes sense. I just hated that the fucking history of film class always met at 8 in the fucking morning. What the fuck? That's, yeah, that's a non-ideal time to watch movies, Jackson. That's sleeping hours. Mine met from 1 to 4. Yeah, lucky That's very... Movie. That's obnoxious what they made you do. At least, like film appreciation was a lot better because I got to see shit like In Bruges, which was fucking awesome. In Bruges is a great movie. In Bruges is fan-fucking-tastic. It was the best movie we've watched that film, semester. The best thing about film and television appreciation is one, Pete Timmerman's the best professor Webster has. Yes. Uh, two, uh, I, as my final in that class, I, I wrote a actual like analyst paper on Marvel's The Avengers because the guidelines were so open that I could do that, and Pete said he was, he was one of the like best papers he received in that class. Pete didn't teach my uh, film appreciation. He only taught my history of film, and his note-taking style was really bad. Because uh, he would flash through them, and then as you're trying to write stuff down, because a lot of the tests were based exactly on the wording of his fucking notes. Yes. He must have changed, because he gives people time when he's done talking now. Yeah, I, I think was about to say, I disagree. When I was in his film history class, yeah, we had a lot of time. Like, he would always notes. ask, is anyone still taking notes? Right. I had to multiple times ask him, like, don't erase this, please. <laughs> 
and he listened when people made yeah no he was like totally fine with it but it was clear by the end of the semester that he was just done with me particularly yeah whatever oh what was the other thing about uh, film and television appreciate it introduced me to Wong Kar Wai and my life was never the same mm. Wong Kar Wai is great I yeah. just don't understand why none of those films show bridge over the river Kwai watching In, In the Mood for Love like there are two eras of my life before I saw In the Mood for Love and after I saw it yeah in history of film, I missed The Apartment, but Roman Holiday is probably the one that stuck out for me in that class. I fucking love Roman Holiday, sad as it is. Mm -hmm. One of the few, like, memories I have from the film and TV appreciation class was me just not liking On the Waterfront. Like, it... Oh, yeah, I, I remember. I remember you said you thought the teacher showed that as an example of a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the waterfront. I liked on the, the Elia Kazan film <laughs> with fucking Marlon Brando. Yeah, it just it just didn't really resonate with me. I remember. Like, it was I, just, I, I like. It was a real sticking point between you and I for a bit. I need I to. I, I probably do need to sit down and watch it again. Like literally, when I was filling out like the email questions for Eric Mink, who was my professor for that class, which. Okay, guy. Um, like, I, I, I basically said, like, I don't think I got this movie because I really did not like this movie. And then he said, maybe you should give it another watch. And I, so at some point I will do that. I, that's what, I remember uh, your biggest problem is that you didn't realize Marlon Brando was the main character. Yeah. Because you didn't know, you basically had no idea what Marlon Brando looked like, I think, or something. Not really. I, I still have he no has idea what like, exactly. He has, like, fucking Austin hair. I still have no idea exactly what I didn't like about it, that film. I, I remember that just... was a sticking point, though, because you thought someone else was the main character. It's like, my. I think the, the, the main issue I have with it was I just couldn't tell what the fuck was going on at any point in the movie. None of the scenes, like, connected for me, and I couldn't big build, like, this bigger picture that it was trying to do. I don't fucking believe that. There's just a waterfront, and they're on it. <laughs> <laughs> so the moral of yes. this... So that's about all I understood the plot. <laughs> so the moral of the story is the 80s were scary, but they gave rise to, like, the franchise that gave us the movie Bumblebee. So at the end of the day, it was kind of worth it. Listen, Jackson, it's Chinatown. Listen, yeah. uh, I, Tanner. Roman Polanski, bad guy, but you know what? Rosemary's Baby is pretty good. And so is The Pianist. And Revolution's good, too. Why, why are we talking about the penis? So there's, um, my, my film history movie that made me feel gaslighted by the entire film community was Aguirre, The Wrath of God. Uh, it's like the Werner Herzog movie that, like, oh, yeah. made him all big and shit. And I watched the movie, and it gets to that, like, weird shot at the end where no one knows how they filmed it, where it's just circling him on the boat, and he's surrounded by all these monkeys. And I was just like, okay. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, fuck, 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 run! Like, because I hated the movie! I was just like, that sucks, that was boring, fuck this movie. <laughs> well, the thing is, uh, how they got that shot is Werner Herzog just, like, just, like, sat there on the ground and put his palms on the earth, and everybody else was like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, shut your fucking mouth. And then a hundred monkeys just slowly coalesced around him, and he opened his eyes, which were pure black at this point, <laughs> and said, go, my children, and ordered the camera to roll, and everything just kind of happened. Yeah. The monkeys were swinging from vines holding the camera, and there were two stabilization monkeys. Yes. Yeah. And film and television, Virginia, there were two distinct things. One, uh, one of the first weeks we watched the movie Slam. <laughs> it's like this slam poetry movie. It's really bad. I hated it. I thought it was really terrible. The rest of the class really liked it. 
And then the, there was a week I missed because I was sick, but I still went out of my way to check out the movie from the library. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie that week was Marvin Collar. Um, I fucking loved it. I went, I told, and Pete asked me, what did you think of the movie? And I said, I loved it. And he's like, oh God, I wish you were here last week because the rest of the class hated it. And I was like, what? God. There was a, there was a day when Pete pussied out. Uh, what, no, I think it was, <laughs> it, uh, so, uh, Pete was doing a film appreciation. No, it was, um, the second, the second tier film course class that I wasn't in. And my buddy Jake was in the class and they were screening Dogtooth as their last movie. And because Dogtooth is like an NC-17 disturbing Greek film, Pete gave people the option to not show up. And I was like, Pete, these people are like weak Missouri centrist art school kids. Like, you you need to force them to watch the fucked up movies so they get better. You don't like fucking give them the option to skip a movie as like fucking milk toast as Dogtooth. Like, the most disturbing thing that happens in Dogtooth is like there's some incest and like somebody gets fucking hit with a VHS player or some shit. Like, I can't even... It's not that bad. My... Yeah, my dad hit me with a VHS player when I was a kid, and I turned out fine, both physically and... <laughs> Jackson, my... do you need, like, a hug or something? Or... Mentally. My history of film class was, uh, took place in Winifred Moore. Yeah, so it was badass, watching all those old movies on that giant-ass screen. Oh, mine wasn't. We were in the, like, kind of conference room that's not the one that we shot the show in. Yeah, that one. Yeah, so mine was a morning more, and um, one of the most memorable experiences going to Webster in terms of going to classes was watching Metropolis. <gasps> Metropolis oh. is cool. Metropolis holds up. Holy shit, watching that on that giant screen was fucking amazing. God. Yeah. Becoming fucking bedazzled titties. Being a leftist after the, the, like, big, the, the more complete cut of Metropolis has come out makes Metropolis a better movie. What's you know, really I said Vanessa about... titties and no one reacted. I still can't stop thinking about the biggest, my biggest takeaway from that day in class was one, uh, was, um, actually, fun fact about that class, I, I, I ranted to Pete about autism in the Predator movie for like 10 minutes and he just listened to me and he didn't have to and I really appreciate that. <laughs> no, Wait, uh, when you say the Predator movie, are we talking about Predator? Yeah, the, <laughs> the, new, current, the, the new one. Movie. The newest one where like they imply autism as a... Not imply, basically outright stay, autism is the next state in human evolution. And when the Predator challenges the main character, it's a miscommunication because the Predator was actually challenging the main character's autistic son. Because the, the whole thing was like, Predator was like, give me your greatest warrior. I want to fight him. And then says the character's last name. Which and, makes you think it's the main character, but no, it's the autistic son. And and then the kid, like, puts Sonichu around his neck. <laughs> <laughs> Dis- My time is gone. Destroys that predator. Yes, exactly. But no, when we watched the predator, when he mom. told us about Fritz Lang and he prefaced him, I think it was after the fact where he basically said, "So Hitler's favorite movie is Metropolis," and I said, "Bitch, the fuck." Which reminds me of like my favorite thing ever, Donald Trump's favorite movie. If you ask him now, he usually says Citizen Kane, which means he misses the point of the movie. But whatever. However, before he started running for president, he said Bloodsport 2 was his favorite movie. He likes to watch it with his son. <laughs> I've, I've got a thing that sort of makes this... What, movie. he's not into Battle Royale? <laughs> like the rest of us MAGA judges? I've got this thing that sort of brings it all around. It's also about a president's favorite piece of art. This will sort of close the podcast, I suppose. Uh, guess what George W. Bush's favorite musical is? There's oh, it's Cats! Yep! Next question. 
There's this movie from 2010 that's been sort of puzzling people. <coughs> uh, puzzling people online. It's a movie called Fair Game, and uh, people noticed after the movie came out that in the credits, random numbers and or random letters were uh, highlighted in yellow. So they assembled all these letters, and it seems to be a cryptography thing. That sounds fun. So, what's a movie so fucking bad or so forgettable that you think if it had a hidden message in it that led to some cool ass shit, that message would never get figured out? So it has to be like an, uh, not a level of so bad it's good. It has to be like underwater twenty nineteen. It has underwater to be a, would probably probably underwater is twenty twenty. Is it twenty twenty? Yeah. Oh, okay. It came out in January. Okay. Sorry. A movie like a movie like Dougal, where like that could have the code. Dude, let's let's just like make a prize. Harvey here. Weinstein admitted to his crimes in Google, but nobody watched it. <laughs> <laughs> just just like every third word in Google is just a manifesto from Weinstein. It's just like it's I actually that's where my people urges. that's where people got the fucking like Oprah's and a child trafficking ring thing from from the secret messages in Google. I can't think of any fucking movie I like. Underwater is probably the closest to like a C grade movie I've seen in a very long time. I mean, uh, I mean it's well known that um, there are hidden messages in John Carter of Mars. <laughs> Wait, are there? <laughs> no. <laughs> See, I could believe that because who the fuck cares about John Carter of Mars, right? 2010's answer to Avatar. Maybe the evolution of this question is what shitty movie should we convince people as <laughs> like John Carter of Mars? Tron Legacy. <laughs> People we like said Tron shitty Legacy. movie, Don. People like Tron Legacy, Don. People. Jackson. One people. Two, exactly. Team up. Two of us right here. Two people. Tron okay, Legacy. Two people. Tron Legacy is one of the best live-action movies Disney has ever made. The, Tron Legacy bad. reinvented the world of production design, and I stand by that phrase. Uh, Daft Punk ain't shit without Tron Legacy. <laughs> I, I won't go say, that far. I can't I mean, even say that with a the soundtrack. Face. The soundtrack is like okay. I think. Bitch, the fuck did you just say? I love it. I love it, but advertising it as a Daft Punk soundtrack is kind of misleading. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. Did so. you guys know that in the uh, in Failure to Launch, if you convert it all into one of those weird sonogram things where you can see the the little spectrogram shit, um, that they actually have pictures of the guy from Apex Twins face, Matthew McConaughey Failure to Launch that movie. <laughs> What's that one Matthew McConaughey movie where it's like, it's okay that this man killed him because he tried to rape the daughter. It's I was like just... directed by Joel Schumacher. Oh, that's a, a time to kill. I was just gonna say that Alien 3 probably actually has the secret to immortality. What's the Matt Damon lawyer movie? There isn't one. Uh, shit. Francis Ford Coppola directed him, pretty sure. Uh, Twix. Yes. Uh, Rumblefish. Uh, now I'm just thinking really The know. Mighty Mighty Boss Tones! <laughs> uh, does anyone have any more movies that would, like, if they had a coded message to, like, a pot of gold, there's no one would fucking care? I don't know, fucking World's Greatest Dad. Uh, Prometheus. Whoa, hold on. You don't like World's Greatest Dad? The Bobcat Globe. Well, Globe I, I, I do like World's Greatest Dad. I actually love World's Greatest Dad. But Good. you didn't specify that it had to be a bad movie. You're Secret right. Life of Walter right. Mitty. Yeah. Oh, so it's just, a movie? No just kind of a would... movie that, like, isn't as popular as it probably deserves. So wait, a movie that nobody would fucking care, like nobody cares about and doesn't watch? Or nobody would find it, like if there was a coded message in it, nobody would ever fucking find it. Okay. World's Greatest Dad is one of those movies because people would just like, every time they watch it, they'd just be looking at Robin Williams, especially now. I have, oh, a, great, yeah. I have a great one in terms of like nobody would care. 
Steve Steve Carell, Robert Zemeckis movie. You have to cut. Uh, um, um, Evan um, Almighty. Um, of no, 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 no. Welcome the, to Marwin. The uh, Welcome to Marwin. Welcome to Marwin actually does contain the original Coca-Cola formula <laughs> in its entirety. It's I saw on the screen. <laughs> I saw Welcome to Marwin in theaters. So he knows the formula. Oh, did you guys hear? I, I just torrented Billionaire Boys Club. There is just like the whole like Jeffrey Epstein like the the fucking blueprint of his island is in the movie. <laughs> I've actually watched Billionaire Boys Club. Another, uh, another Robin Williams. RV. <laughs> you just My family watched... Fucking brain! My family watched RV when I was a kid. Kick, kicking and screaming, but not the Noah Baumbach one. The, the Will Ferrell one where he coaches yeah. the soccer team? Yeah. Ow, saying RV fucked my brain. It reminded you it existed. Like some dusty synapse with like fucking and like AIDS just like connected back to the network and was like, you missed me guys? And they're like, no. Uh, RV has like the locations of like all US nuclear submarines. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have a bunch of these weird mid 2000s movies that nobody cares about on DVD back at my parents' house. Yo, do you want to bring your copy of Where the Miller's Over? <laughs> I'm gonna be real with you guys, I do have a DVD copy of RV. Do you, do you have I wanna watch it. Do you have a DVD copy of Under the Tuscan Sun? I probably do. I have a DVD copy of most late 90s, early 2000s Adam Sandler movies. That's great. I will defend Mr. Deeds till the day I die, but also that is a great example of a movie you can hide a coded message in. Yeah. Also, I it's just on the black foot. It's you on the black foot. The, it's just enhance. Enhance. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just Austin doing a Blade Runner into the black foot. It's a fucking... It's a... It adds the cure. It's the cure for the coronavirus is on the dead foot in Mr. Deeds. We brought it back. Okay, I think that's it. I think that's a good ending point. I'm dying. I want to imagine that, like, Waterboy has some sort of connection to the Rams leaving St. Louis. Absolutely. It made people realize football sucks. If you say baseball's where it's at, I might hit you. No. They're... But baseball's where it's at. <laughs> There, there was there was a map to a lot of like dead Nazi gold, but it was hidden in National Lampoon's Van Wilder to the rise of Taj. <laughs> oh, you know what? Most of Chevy Chase's career would be a great example for this. Hey, the National Lampoon movies are fun. Uh, I, I, I highly doubt you've seen most of them, and I don't mean Animal House or Vacation, I mean <laughs> National Lampoon Tit Party 3. I mean, the only like... ones I've seen are fucking Christmas Vacation and... Van Wilder. Caddy Shack was a. <laughs> because it was on Comedy Central one time. And it was yeah. Oh, what's like, yeah. the name that's of the guy? That's yeah. Doug Forsell? Is that the National Lampoon guy? No, Doug Forsell is the name of the guy of The Good Place. Never mind. Um, Chevy Chase? Lampoon. No, Chevy Chase is from National Lampoon, but he didn't start National Lampoon. Oh. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know the name of that guy. There was a movie about the like start of National Lampoon or a, biop a biopic about the guy who uh, started National Lampoon. And, and that the guy, movie, The Social Network. Well, the guy who played Chevy Chase was Joe McHale. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's just perfect casting. Uh, uh, so, Letter Kenny. I want to bring back the soup. Oh, yeah, that's right. I have, I have, one, I have one more question. So... Uh, Slender Man came out. I think y'all guys remember Sony released Slender Man. Oh, I know Daniel another... was upset about it because he always wanted to make a Slender Man movie in high school and do it right. That's another great example of a movie that has a coded message in it. I thought we were going to talk no about will see. 2017's remake of Vacation is a great example. It's like, it is though. It has worse timing than the fucking Angry Birds movie. Slender so, Man. Speaking of the bad timing, 
uh, if you could just make an internet meme, mo- meme movie and like say how many years you want to wait, just like what, like what what internet meme movie would you make and how long would you let people suffer before you made it? Twenty five years from now, we will make the Harambe biopic. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Mighty Joe Young. <laughs> I you know seriously. that meme where it's like from like that Babe Ruth movie where like. Or Babe Ruth, like, enters through a magical door and he says heroes always get remembered but legends never die. It's just Dat Boy with Harambe. Alright, I'm giving it 12 years a Dat Boy movie where we deliberately fuck up the CGI early on so that we have to enter the, like, six months of crunch and delay the movie three extra months just because we fuck up Dat Boy's design so badly. Dat Boy the bike frog? Yeah. I was unicycle. I would not be surprised if, like, in the next 20 years, Illumination makes, like, a Doge movie with, like, Cheeks yeah. as a side character. Okay, we gotta, we gotta, like, quote Dawn on that, because that is so real, it kind of, like, fucked with my brain. <laughs> that and that's, like, a second synapse that's just, like, paired next to the RV synapse that's just, like, hey, this is gonna be the million-dollar idea. From the makers of Despicable Me and Minions. Minions. And The Secret Life of Pets. And it's like, they present all the reviews as like such 10 out of 10 much I don't know like some shitty fucking much like, quality wow much quality. Very, oh god no very animation <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna wait 20 years and I'm gonna make a movie that just revolves around back when memes were just impact font we get a fucking Doporina biopic. <laughs> no smoochies. Because of oh, coconut virus. Oh, you know that guy who claimed to invent the troll face and he successfully sued Nintendo to get a game off of their e-store? Yeah. Can we make a biopic about that guy? <laughs> that somehow was able to claim he made troll face even though there's no proof? Austin, would, what would your what would your outdated movie be? Ten years, horror movie about the nut button. Twenty years from now. <laughs> well, here we go. 15 years from now, it's a movie about my life because I've just, I keep becoming more and more of a meme. Uh, you're like, you're like a real life Forrest Gump right now, though. You're on track to, like, trend that way. Yeah, you're literally running for, like, city council. That's terrifying, all these things you told. Being told I'm running on a Forrest Gump life path is terrifying because I don't think you're wrong. One of these days, he is, he's You already have your Jenny. One of these days, you are going... Yeah, gonna improve. No, I can't make that joke. I can't make that what joke. Goddamn! One of these days you're gonna shave your face and then just go running across the fucking country. I mean, what if we did like an animator animated Schindler's List remake with like Pepe's and Wojak's? And it's <laughs> and it's just 4chan while Hillary Clinton is the villains. It's it's like an episode of Murdoch Murdoch except released in the theaters and just like just all these like just horrible MAGA people show up, just 4chan people, and then we just like light up the theater. We we theater shooting the theater shooters. You know, that just reminded me vaguely of when I saw Black Klansman in theaters. There was a um most of the movie was going by fine, except there was this guy in the theater that was laughing at weird moments, but I just thought, eh, he's just a little weird. Fuck. But here's what happens. You know how at the very end where it suddenly switches to real life? Yeah, it's a short film about Heather Heyer's About death. Charlottesville and everything, and you're like, oh, fuck. That guy stood up, said fuck you, and walked out of the theater. Did you follow him and beat the shit out of him? I wanted to, but when I was leaving the theater, he was arguing with the box office that he should get his money back. Oh my god, I would have kicked the shit out of that guy. Yo, do we want to just do we want to just stalk the theater for months on end and see if he shows up to watch another movie? Cuz he's I, a Nazi. That's he's a, a bald Nazi. white guy. That's not a descriptive enough. That's oh, a fucking wait, Nazi. Wait. 
what if you did a Zero Wing movie, like that old Sega Genesis Zero Wing game, <laughs> and then like there's just the one scene in the movie that everybody knows where the guy's hologram comes up and he's like, it's you. And then it's just the all your base scene, but in like a Hollywood movie. You know? <laughs> oh. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yes. And this happens 10 years from now, or like, like however long from now it takes until everyone who was like of the reasonable age to see the All Your Base video is dead. I can has cheeseburger the movie. I just wanna, I just wanna see fucking more Resident Evil movies that closely follow the game so we can get the Jill sandwich line in glorious acting <laughs> by Matthew. You were Mc almost a Jill sandwich. Matthew McConaughey <laughs> delivering the line. What about? All right, all right, all right. You were almost a Jill sandwich. All right, you're done. <laughs> what, about, what about a movie about a guy who's just, like, trying to work on his dancing and, like, lose weight at the same time? And one day, like, he gets introduced to, like, the world of, like, kind of, like, vi vlogging a little bit. Yeah. And he gets really into, like, doing video edits and stuff. And he's, like, in, like, Romania or something. And then, eventually, he dances to, like, the song about magicians and shit. And he puts it up on the internet. And out of nowhere, like, people start recognizing him and shit. And he can't figure out why. And he's, it turns out he's the Numa Numa guy. <laughs> then he makes a vlog where he goes to the forest at the base of Mount Fuji. Oh, oh no! Oh no! Uh, no, what we should make is we should make a movie where there's this, there's this old guy in assless chaps and he goes to the maternity ward and one out of every three babies he just slams against the wall. <laughs> Why is it with you and referencing my goddamn movies? Because <laughs> it's funny. It's like specifically my movies keep getting brought up. Oh, what's oh I had another idea. We, re sucked. we release an animated movie called Pokemon Black, and everyone's really hesitant to watch it. <laughs> Pokemon Blacked. <laughs> it's just Misty and Brock, and that's it. It's just all. It's, what they, it's what they do when when Ash leaves for Misty fucking and for fucking Owen. The the character that I'm I named myself after does make a cameo again in Black and White, at least originally from Dark. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone's aware of Dawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need we need a, a movie where like the credits are really long, like one of those like successful like box office kind of like gangbuster movies. And then in the middle of the credits, like before final edit is exported and sent off to the digital cinema packages, we slip jump in the cack in there, and just like between two of the songs, <laughs> we take like the second song and we speed it up so it's shorter, and then like keep the pitch, and we put jump in the cack in there. Hey, 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 I got a gun. No girls, girls got a high. Wake up with no two Coolio, he or he. I can, I can. Baby, get you and your penis and poopness. Josh, 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 jump in the cat. I got a gun. No girls, girls gotta die. George W. Bush was the first furry president. His fursona was an eagle. No, I will not elaborate further. That's it. I'm out of questions, guys. Oh, that would be weird. <laughs> a movie about Gangnam Style released ten years from now. I will play Psy in the biopic. I think, I, that's, I, I think that's whitewashing Tanner. Yeah, ScarJo has to play Psy, of course. Or imagine her be like, Welcome Gangnam Style. Yeah. What you don't realize is that ScarJo is like one of the best dancers in Hollywood. She just tears up a fucking piece of cardboard. She's a pretty good singer. Adrian somehow ends up working on it. Adrian directs it. Adrian directs it. <laughs> Adrian's first feature is just Scar Joe starring in the Gangnam Style bio. God damn it. 
You know, this podcast has been fun. It's also been a fuck mess. We need to end it because Austin's going to hate editing. I do not envy your 